Episode 357 of Rebel FM. Cheater. Actually, you said it that fast because you knew you were going to forget. I actually, halfway through, was like, oh, it's 356. Fuck. That actually occurred to me halfway through, which is why towards the end I kind of paused it out. And I was like, oh, fuck. I've been thinking you guys joining me is Arthur Gies, Matt Chandernay. Hi, that was me laughing just now. And James Faulkner. Arthur, your tree looks nice. Oh, thanks. It does look nice. Yeah, it's actually very, very cleanly decorated. Yeah. I have a tendency to throw all the shit on my trees. I like garland or tinsel some people call it tinsel i call it garland because i'm white trash from southern california uh I as you can I've see only ever heard it on that tinsel. tree mm-hmm. yeah uh but i didn't have any like this is just what was in my closet. it's different types yeah. of tinsel too when we were growing up sometimes we do the wraparound tinsel and then sometimes we do the one that's almost like strings mm-hmm. that yeah fuck that down. that just that gets everywhere yeah. those type of strings make me think of the movie gremlins if i decorated yeah. a tree with that i'd be finding it does, in a litter box for weeks like, <laughs> come out of the tree attacks yeah. the mom out of the tree and yeah, then she fucking right. kills in a blender yep yeah, yeah also the the movie with the most depressing christmas story ever <laughs> the dad <laughs> yeah the santa yeah. dad oh right yeah yeah and it's and it's crazy because it's like middle of all the gremlins attack hey let me tell you about my sad christmas story jesus let's go back to fighting gremlins for fuck's sake holy <laughs> Someone shit bring in the monsters please yeah <laughs> just 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 out. like why was that here holy <laughs> shit that, movie you know, is, that was one of the last like pg movies like that too i think like that was before the pg the one we used to like say shit and fuck like at least once you might be able to i don't know but it's just that movie it was is, shit like, at least i mean that yeah. there's that part where that mom was literally being stabbed by a gremlin yep. you know before she killed yep. it and stuff it was yep. pretty brutal man that movie's so good. I wonder if it's been retroactively made PG-13. Some movies actually did get like a retroactive PG-13. Mm. Um, nope, PG. So video 1984. games Thanks, Temple of Doom. <laughs> video games continue to ship. They do. Some of them continue to sell. So and I and I continue to play to old sell. games. I feel I'm feeling pretty good about my PUBG sales prediction. <laughs> I think it's it sold 20 million. They've said that. 24. What, what was your prediction, week? Arthur? I think did I say I think it's will, at 30. But I said it will absolutely hit 25 before the end of the year, and right. I think it could hit 30. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that was and it. And was that including console? I mean, I, I don't remember if I said... Which I it don't, will easily yeah. do 25. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, uh, I mean, I think it will probably get closer to like 27, like, uh, maybe not. Maybe, maybe... I think the console one will sell at least It's a December 8th. Hmm. The last... When, when uh, did we talk about this? Was it two weeks ago? Two or three weeks yeah. ago. So I feel like it sold four million since the last time Jesus. we talked. Yeah, yeah. And then a new platform it continues to go up in China. I'd be curious to see if the latest patch gave it a slight uptick in America because it was trending down in players in America, but just fucking straight up in China. So, so then they did that thing on Jeff Keeley's Game Awards. Yes, the Keeleys. Uh, the Keeleys. The Keeleys. Uh, they announced the twenty. They announced the dates right. for the game, and then. They also showed off the near Miramar map. I think that's what it's called. Yeah, which which went live on the test servers at last, 2 a.m. It was yeah. supposed to go at 12 a.m. as the trailer that they showed during the Game Awards <laughs> set, and then they fucking missed their date. And yeah, time. I was... I, uh, Two uh, hours. I was, I was. It is still a big deal to show it during a, t- a thing like that and then miss your date. That was... Yeah, that was, that was pretty crazy. Because, like, la- last night I was... Uh, um, I was working late again, and... Uh, 
I was waiting for some, so I went on to watch your stream, Anthony, because I thought like, oh, he'll probably be playing the new map. And then I logged on, and then your chat was just full of people saying, oh, it's been delayed until 2 a.m. Yeah, that that was a little rough. I only got in a couple rounds in it. That being said, it's on test servers, so take it with a grain of salt that there's a lot of things that are very poorly functioning still. Like, yeah. Because it's not just this new map. It is The patch was 11 gigs, wow. and it was this map... Uh, a bunch of new guns, a bunch of new tuning, a complete overhaul of the game's basic UI, uh, including isn't, like the main the menu. The isn't, main it, menu. isn't it? Isn't that like a basically a full? I'm gonna call it a remake of the game because they upgraded to the version a new version of Unreal. Yeah, they probably did, but it's I wouldn't say that that probably just changes a lot of things like bug fixes and stuff that they found. Right. But for, for, for my understanding, though, just from like the that blog requires course, a lot of reworking when you do that. Yeah, because they what they did is. They decided to upgrade to the, the newest version of Unreal, but then to continue, continue to develop the old version and bug fix for that alongside the uh-huh. current version that is now on the tester. Right, area. so there's like little patches going out to the main game until the real game comes out on the 20th, and then that real game will probably just be a big install that replaces yeah. the old game straight Jesus. up. And so did the uh, did the un. Uh, what was I going to say? Did the new patch with the new UI overhaul, was that the UI overhaul that you were not happy with last time, or did they do something new again? Uh, they kept a lot of the UI in-game, but I'm talking about like the pre-game when you're inviting oh. friends and all that. That's all new and reworked. Man, their user experience person, if they have one, is not. it needs a little help. Like all of us last night, even people that are not... That statement tapered off from where I thought it was going to go, because it started in a way where I was like, well, Anthony well, really, doesn't want a job in this industry anymore. It's really bad. It yeah. is really bad. Yeah. And if I worked there, I would tell this person, this is really bad. Yeah. You know, because I've worked on games like Marvel Heroes that had really bad user experience. Yeah. And then we had meetings about how to correct them. And I'm just like, oh, like I see a lot of the mistakes being here that like, like we were smart enough that we hired a couple of good UI people who called bullshit on things. They like, corrected your mistakes. Yes. Yeah. You know, and I feel like no one did some of the steps of like whiteboarding it. What does it look like when someone actually goes through this? Oh, mm. that step is like a weird repeat. Let's figure out how to cut that. What out. is, what is a game with good multiplayer UI? Do you think? I mean, Fortnite's not bad. <laughs> Honestly, it's just like you drop into a match. Everything yeah. goes pretty smoothly, but even halo halo is like the quintessential one or even call of duty when i drop into call of duty mm-hmm. i see those four options open to my squads it's really easy from there and and it's just the step through process of adding someone to my game is that how call of duty works now or is there that like live lobby thing uh you could it's still there's still a menu okay um but it's just the it's just the stepping through like for instance when you want to equip a piece of gear you have this layout of all your gear and vertical slices you click on a piece of gear and then the equip buttons way down in the bottom left so yeah. all of us when we first started couldn't figure out how to equip gear I'm like, mm. why isn't it going on my guy? Where is it at? Oh, it's down here, which is like not where my eyes naturally go to, bottom left, to a click equip. It just little things like that that I'm like, oh, someone someone should call them for that. And that's why it's on Test Center. Hopefully those are the type of things that they'll, you know. I don't know that they've got enough time. Yeah, oh, yeah, not now, but I'm saying yeah. down the line. Because like, mm. they are paying attention to UI things. Like they moved the health bar for your teammates from the upper left to the bottom left. Yeah, that I good? feel like that was like easier to, for people to see because... All the time, I can't tell you how many times I played where people are like, oh, I didn't even realize you were down. Yeah, because no, because the whole time, like the rest of their UI is bottom justified. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, if you're forcing another piece of information, like in Dota, the least important information is at the top. Like timing and everything is like less important. It's less information dense at the top. Yes, but it's all it's in terms of overall. Yeah, the important. most important stuff is on the bottom. The, yeah, the, this stuff up here still important, but not 
as important. Yeah. Yeah. So if, you get, if you had to tear out everything, then right. they, Whereas, you, you go bottom top. And, you know, they've done other little quality life things. Like now someone on your, even on your team loses health, their health part changes colors. Mm-hmm. So it call, it just draws your attention to it. Like, oh, shit, you're really low. You're about to go down. That's okay. smart. Yeah, little things. Like there are smart changes, but just a lot of it, I'm just like, oof. And still that font. That font is the number one. <laughs> yeah. But that makes it so the new desert map, much smaller. Mm-hmm. It is basically like turbo mode in Dota. I, I, I so everyone, else, everyone I was watching today was saying like, oh, it's so big. It feels big because it's canyons is and it big dense? draw distance yeah it's like it's, it, it seems very it's, it's very very dense like and that's the thing is that another reason it feels big is that because it's a desert there's all kinds of rolling hills and stuff so it's not uncommon that you'll see someone for a second and then they disappear see someone for a second and they'll disappear mm-hmm. and so yeah it, it is easy to have engagements that have a lot of cover it doesn't have the gigantic open fields of the other map but it is geographically way smaller you can yeah. drive across it super fast yeah and, it, it, and it, it, there's like a lot of ho- like horizontal, you mean yeah. vertical. Uh, sorry, yeah, you're making a vertical gesture. Yeah. It's Friday night. It's <laughs> been a long week for yeah. everybody. There's a lot of verticality. Yes, there's like five floor buildings and stuff like no, that. No bigger than that. And they're yeah, like, they're and like ten floor. Like I haven't seen it at all. Yeah. Um, but it is just it's still hundred people, so it tends to be like much more of a bloodbath early on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just and, a heads up: if you say something that should not be in the podcast, you need to tell me right away. So I can stop the recording and edit it out because I will not have time to listen to this whole show before okay, I put okay. it up. Um, Usually I do that. I actually listen to it at like 1.5 speed. So yeah. you're all munchkins to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but this week there will not be that time. But uh, yeah, so it's it's much faster, which mm-hmm. it feels really cool actually to have sort of that fast match in the sense that like the first circle, it's crazy, usually takes up like 80% of the map. Like almost everyone's in mm-hmm. circle right off the bat. And then you're just like, holy fuck, like it gets way small. And they've changed a lot of the car mechanics now where I feel like, you know, we used to hop in a Jeep and just barrel over any yeah. hill. Now a lot of these cars, like one of them is like a VW bus. That thing fucking struggles. The, the fucking battle bus. <laughs> yeah, so that thing struggles. So the when turtle you, mobile. We, we would slam up a hill and be like, we got this. And we'd be like, oh, no. This thing definitely does not except, have this. Except for like the, the new truck apparently like is like super like bottom heavy so you can just go straight up fucking hills like it, so, it does not want to tip that that seems like more of a point of differentiation in this yes and that's, that's the biggest thing is they do a lot of differentiation my rice cooker <laughs> they do a lot of differentiation in this map tune. that is smart there are three guns that are exclusive to this map like the winchester rifle it's like a cowboy gun mm-hmm. and immediately we all got it and we all loved it like honestly as soon as we got it <laughs> some of us had that some of us had revolvers and the first time I saw a dude roll over a hill with a buggy, when I took him out with a cowboy gun, I was like, that was an amazing yeah. feeling. Do you Not reload mention, by, like, spinning it around? <laughs> no, but, but I will say that we all ended up with our own vehicles, and I felt like we were cowboys every time we roll out. We'd see someone, and I'd be like, you three lay down covering fire. I'm going to drive my car right up to him and fucking gunsling him down. Like, it, was, <laughs> it just creates a different vibe that, that, that I think is different for now from the map will it eventually evolve into that same level as everyone gains map awareness and just in super tactical oh, sure. undoubtedly yeah. do you think that people are gonna gravitate toward this map over the other one hmm that is probably remains to be seen but i do think that some people yes because it has no rain and it has no fog and those are easily the two least liked modes in the other game i i think they'll wasn't there a screenshot that had like a sandstorm oh i'm sure they'll do something like that <laughs> yeah uh, damn it but but <laughs> I think, sand fog but it, it, i'll say the match time feels a lot more condensed and yeah. i'm sure people will like that um, i here's a follow-up question for you and think about it for a second if you need to is this their esports map hmm. i don't think so because this has a lot more small rooms like this is like more dense with buildings that are like 
like they're like are five stories tall, each of which has like three to five rooms. This feels like yeah, feels that, that, that could become even more incomprehensible to watch. It can yeah, this feels a lot more like uh, I, you know when I was playing Call of Duty and you would have one map like a like like the desert big open one with the helicopter crash that had a little bit more open space, and then you played Favela. And favela is like super mm-hmm. tight quarters. This is like favela where it's like mm. everything. You it is super easy to be like someone's near us, but I can't tell where they're at because there's so much shit around us. Yeah, followed up by gigantic desert vistas though with big hills and stuff yeah. like that. Um, but I I don't I don't think this doesn't feel like a game you could make intelligible in the way that you're talking about. We'll see. Yeah, it's going um, to be a, a big challenge for them. But I think you I think you can. I think the formula though is like more expensive than they think it is, which is. Uh, you you would have to have an like uh, an NFL level of cameras out there, it's just surfing the battlefield and following people, and you'd have to have a tiered producer system where people are like passing video feeds up the chain based off moment to moment human decisions. Like Sunday night pubga. Exactly. Uh, yeah. yeah. I I just feel like the the emphasis on what seems like just making things faster and sort of like flinging people against each other at a much more rapid clip it sort of comports itself to competition that, and that's more. Th- that's that's true in the sense that i will say like the first team first 15 minutes of every match i watched at the battlegrounds tournament was like them trying to make looting interesting because there was a <laughs> lot of people not shooting each other it's like trying to make golf interesting exactly so you were just like until it got to the final holes where every shot really mattered in the golf and not the first like two days of the tournament you're just kind of like all right this is interesting but Yes, this is he's like you said over par. He's this, under par. This is this is very much like immediately murder murder fest, like because mm-hmm. it has to be because of the size. So you you could be right about that. And there's new water vehicles and stuff. There's a jet ski that you can it's ride. It's not around a on. jet ski because jet ski is a copyrighted right. name. They call it they call it like a water something <laughs> or a yes, wave runner or something, something like yeah. that. Yeah, you're wave right. runner. But it's a, it is a it's really the off brand Nintendo sixty four <laughs> game. I'll say it has made me interested in playing it even more so again just for that sense of discovery in the sense that like you know i don't look at every hill and be like ah yes this mm-hmm. place you know right right yeah. right uh the things we were talking about before we started recording was it's also like way more optimized not network wise but um in terms of it's running way better for everyone yeah it was getting really slammed predictably last night though when it was like 2 a.m and it was just like everyone's like clicking connect and so yeah. <laughs> it's basically almost the entire player population from the main server is on the beta server i mean yeah and i saw a bunch of like the uk streamers i'm interested in that normally wouldn't be awake by then and streaming were like all on at midnight our time you know so they got up at fucking 8 a.m they're like oh, i can't get up so, <laughs> so early tea <laughs> so yeah it, but uh, it's it's uh pretty cool and i also tried out the other thing that was announced during the Game Awards, which is the 50 on 50 Fortnite mode. Hmm. It's like a temporary thing. I heard not so great things about that. I find it, the one part of it that's a really big struggle is when you play Battlegrounds and you're in a four-person group, you're you're talking to each other. Yeah. You're actually coordinating. People are actually building bases around each other. This has like the cool potential to be something like that, but... It, it ends up devolving into every man for themselves, and you're kind of fighting alongside each other, so you'll end up seeing people kind of grouping up, I've, yeah. I've, I've, clustering. Yeah, I was heard, heard it referring, referred to as, like, a Zerg swarm. Like, you pretty much, if you see a teammate off in the distance, you kind of just move towards them. Right, and then they're moving towards someone, and so what it ends up being is, early on, a bunch of people die, and then, like, a core group of, like, 30 on each side 
end up having a big skirmish. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of neat to see. That being yeah. said, a couple things I noticed that were like one thing that's really cool about it is I had a round where I had no guns. But wow. I was still able to serve a purpose because I was following my team around and I had a shit ton of resources. Mm-hmm. And the second we get in combat, I'd be a and I'd build up oh, a wall yeah. and with ramps and stuff so they could go over it and fire. And it just was happening organically. That was cool to see that I felt like I could serve this like billet base building purpose. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And still get a victory. <laughs> I, I was gonna say like that you're like one of the the Russians that didn't get a, a rifle on your. Yeah. It's like you follow you follow <laughs> this guy for somebody to die. Is, yeah. it, is it like single kill? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're out. I so it sounds like they need squads. Uh, you do have squads. This is just something they put in this 50 versus 50 thing as a like two week thing. Just right. But fun. are there squads in the 50 versus yes, 50? You are yeah. with your, you are with yeah. your squad. But that being said, when you're grouped up with the randoms, few fucking people are just scattering over because they know that there's 45 other yeah. people on their team. So they're just like, I'm not too worried about being with my squad. Yeah. And, uh, and one group of kids that I was on had their microphone plugged in their Xbox because this was on Xbox. And they were just like, nah, man, you got to go where the action is, buddy. And they're all just yelling <laughs> at each other. But over the same mic, it was hilarious. <laughs> uh, but but uh, the other problem with it, though, is that when you end up in sort of final circles with 20 people on 20 people, the game was not tuned loot-wise, I've discovered in my experience, like to have the planning that at that point there'd still be 20 people alive. So what you end up with is a bunch of people with like low grade guns, gray guns, because it oh, uses the right. it uses the Diablo level mm. tiering of weapons. And normally by then you would have, if and everyone from the Silver Squad, you would have killed a bunch of people, up. and now all the yeah. good loot has funneled into these core people in that final circle. So you end up with a bunch of haves and fucking serious have nots mm. in this final circle. And that's, do you drop weapons when you die? Yes. Oh. But but when there's. 20 people on either side shooting when someone out there dies you're not getting that gear you're yeah. gonna walk out there into a hail gunfire and be immediately murdered <laughs> so it, there's a lot of gear that's i mean like touched. grabbing the weapons of your fallen compatriot totally totally <laughs> yes and if they die near me i was like yes i was definitely like vulturing around them like i'd see them get shot who's like, low perfect, who's low perfect. who's low all right you're dead <laughs> <laughs> yes so it is a cool idea and people have been running these sort of things in battlegrounds for a while for people to have access to custom servers mm. but i get why it's like a two-week thing it is oh, interesting yeah. that they're trying a two-week thing like that because events in this sort of game haven't really been a thing. Like, you know, Fortnite's had, like, Halloween events, so now there's a rocket launcher yeah. that looks like a pumpkin or something. Yeah, it's weird. It's do, almost do, like do, they're timing it against something else's release. I can't imagine uh, what that would be, though. Yeah. Yeah. Do I you, mean, for sure. Do you think they... Do you think that they have shifted most of the resources away from the main part of Fortnite into this thing? I don't yes. Know because but there's more going on at epic than Fortnite right now but right the, the tough part about Fortnite right now is that if you're just a battle royale player they're not monetizing on you yet, yet. yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's gonna saying. happen that's what i'm saying like because their only path to monetization currently is i'm a battle royale player and i'll buy Fortnite to play this pve thing right which that conversion probably low. pretty fucking low yeah probably so like aol low <laughs> I will get a lot of customers 5%. to be fair, but yeah, I'm saying like sub five percent. Like yeah. you know, you're just shotgunning out there, hoping for the best. Um, yeah. But yeah, which is a shame because base Fortnite is actually a really cool game. Yeah, I, um, base Fortnite I, is great. There are a lot of really cool games that don't get any players. You know, true, like Transformers. Just um, like I'm sure the band Bush was probably pretty good at playing their instruments, and then they decided to make a Nirvana record, and everybody bought it. Um, but yeah, I'm so. saying Bush is the is Arthur shrugged for those yeah. who who aren't yeah. in the room. Yeah, I'm saying, I'm saying else. Fortnite Battle Royale is is the Bush of the pub PUBG comparison. Eighth grade me really liked Bush a lot. For I really liked album. Bush too. 
but that was a good album. It sounded <laughs> so much like a Nirvana record that nobody yeah. could get over it. They still listen to it. Um, yeah, and it, in high school, we used to call uh, that whole collection, like, what was it? Uh, You're dating Stone, yourself here. No, we used to call it Stone Temple Bush. Because, <laughs> like, you know, the all, Stone Temple Pilot, yeah, 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 all those groups that, like, sounded yeah, all like. It, well, yeah, for me in eighth grade, it was like them, Alice in Chains, <laughs> like, all these groups were. Well, there were the Seattle bands, and then there were the LA bands. Yeah. But, yeah, it was just a bunch of groups. I was going to say, oh, Queen, I was going to say Queens of Stone Age, but that was a little bit. No, no they later. weren't even yeah. Caius. Yeah. Presidents yeah. of the United States of America was a band <laughs> I listened to back then. Just <laughs> a bunch of stuff like that. So. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. good stuff. But yeah, I, I, Epic is working on other stuff. The the co-founder of Boss Key actually left Boss Key to go back to Epic this week, which huh. has got to be awkward. Well, I mean, they went, weren't there? Didn't they have like only a couple hundred people playing? Yeah, it's it. Lawbreakers has been real rough, like real, real rough. Yeah, I'm sure you know he left. I mean, they. It's not like Cliff has a bad relationship with Epic. He, they used Unreal, and so yeah, I I just think that. I don't know how much para- like Bosky has left in them. Yeah, it's tough to say. Because if Lawbreakers had done fine, then it'd be like, oh, they'd probably make another game. But yeah, like but, the know, Rocket like, League dudes, like there was the game before Rocket League that was basically Rocket League and it tanked. Yeah, the, <laughs> yeah. Well, it did okay. But it, yeah, it's well, it did better than than Lawbreakers. Um. But yeah, I mean, yeah, that's the thing. A lot of people don't even know that Rocket League had a predecessor. They're like, Rocket yeah, League. That was, was exactly the same game. It's called Super Rocket Powered <laughs> Battle Cars or something like that. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it, so Battlegrounds, all that, still obviously a big part of what I've been playing in my life. And then, um, yeah, of course, Tuesday it comes out on Xbox. Yep. I'll check that out probably. I've been also checking out the Outcast remake still. I thought I was over that, and then it totally <laughs> got its hooks in me again. I'm like, I'm back. What do you mean so, you thought you were over it? I played it initially, and I was like, I don't know if I really like this. Yeah, I can't go (laughs) home again. But then it did end up clicking with me that I was like, all right. I think actually I'm like remembering why I love that game. Mm -hmm. And and it's like, like, I think it was a little bit like Fallout for Arthur sometimes. Like you start, and you're like, ah, maybe I'll do this. Then you're like, oh, shit. (laughs) Uh, There's never that level of ambivalence. No. When I go to Fallout, it's like, well... I guess I know what I'm doing today. <laughs> yeah, I guess it was just different with the HD remake, just because I was like, I think maybe I was put off slightly by the fact that everything was not completely familiar. I think the game that this might happen with me for, if it happen, if it ever happened, I don't think it ever will, uh, would be Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines. Right, like if they made an HD crazy remake of that, you'd be like, Ugh, like I I would be really concerned about that game, because yeah. a lot of that game has not aged well. That's an incredibly sexist game. Oh well, like yeah, that it's just, it's a it's a game of titties for that sure. That just comes that just comes to the territory. I mean, there was jokes even in this about like that's my pressure cooker. There's jokes <laughs> in this too about like, are you a dude or to turn are you off. a dude or a lady? Because they thought it was funny to give like one of the guy characters a, a woman's voice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now it's manually depressurizing. So, so I'm just saying like there's yeah I mean it's definitely a product like that's some of those things I look at and I'm like 1999 like for sure yeah. yeah. Just that was edgy humor then. Sure. Ugh. That was like put like Bill Maher politically incorrect kind of shit. Yeah, of course. And so it's just like, you know, I look at that and I, it elicits an eye roll and I just say, well. Product of its time. Product of its time. It's just weird for people that might pick it up and not know that. Um, Except how could you not? Because like I said, they've 
remastered everything except the voice audio, so it sounds like someone <laughs> playing <laughs> it out of a <laughs> talk <laughs> boy. <laughs> I actually <laughs> literally thought about playing Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines like a day ago. <laughs> it used to be your go-to, your come-back-to. Yeah, I've tried to play it like every few years. You played you, you play with mods last time, right? Uh, no. So there they are released... mods to to make it function. Yeah, there oh, was, okay. and there was like a big, and wasn't it like last year or the year before where there was that, because I, I talked about it on the show because I would started playing it on Steam because there was that huge like uh, fan content patch where they were like, where they were like, okay, it's finally done. We fixed as many bugs as we possibly can. We've restored, you know, some content that was like cut or whatever. The first part interests me. The second part does not. Sec- I don't want fan restored cut content. It depends. It depends on how it's done. And like, uh, I believe this particular one, like you could download the versions with or without yeah. the, the cut content yeah, too. Exactly. They, they know that people aren't going to want it. But like some adding, want it. adding widescreen support. Yeah. That was a like big, big thing, thing they did too, is they added widescreen. Yeah, and there was a version of Outcast. If you want to go play the actual 1990 version, there was two years ago on Steam, you can find it for like five bucks, a version that just added widescreen support and stuff, mm. but did not redo the game. Huh. Um, but... Yeah, pretty cool <laughs> to go back into that. Still been playing more of that Battlestar Galactica game oh, that I nice. talked about. That game yeah. just came out on Xbox One and PS4 today, oh, which I played hmm. it, and I was like, that totally makes sense. Like, it is turn-based, and it reminds me a lot hmm. of XCOM, so it doesn't surprise me that they would make something like that come out on consoles. Very um, cool. If you're interested in turn-based ship strategy, like, I definitely recommend that game. Yep. Really turn-based what? Ship strategy. Turn-based what? Ship strat ship strategy. <laughs> Do you ship your pants? You ship your pants. It is a game made by Slytherin for ship strategy. Uh, you should go look up. Oh, I forget. It's uh, not Nordstrom or Macy's. Maybe it's a like Kohl's. And it's I'm like, really wondering where this is no, going. No, but like they, they, they made a commercial where it's like, uh, I can ship my pants here, and they're like, Yeah, you can ship your pants here. And 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 like I and some old lady's like, I ship my pants right now. <laughs> uh, you, I'll I'll find it out. What? I'll look it up. That doesn't sound like Coles. Perfect. Um, <laughs> what? what? That's, that's a good commercial. That's a good idea for a commercial. Did you play anything else? Uh, I'm trying to think. A little bit of Plants vs Zombie with Amy. Um, it's Kmart. That's just a go-to Kmart. always. I guess I could see Kmart doing that. But, yeah, honestly, I, that, mostly a little bit of Battlegrounds, a little bit of Outcast, yeah. a little bit of Battle Royale. And that's kind of been it. I mean, okay. I've been wanting... That's a fair few games that yeah, you just is. talked about. Oh, yeah, there's just, there's just stuff... I, I have played, I would, like, three games of Dota in the last I week. plan on going back to The Legend of Zelda, finally. So Because um, it got its DLC, right? It's ship actual... my pants. Right here? Ship my pants, you're kidding. You can ship your pants? Right here. You hear that? I can ship my pants for free. Wow. <laughs> I just may ship my pants. Yeah, ship your pants. Billy, you can ship your pants, too. I can't wait to ship my pants, Dad. <laughs> I do ship my pants. It's very convenient. Very convenient. <laughs> All right. That's well, good. There you go. <laughs> uh, see, it's stuff, like, it's stuff like that where you... you you can imagine like the agency and the marketing pitch meeting and somebody's pitching that and like there's three or four people in the room wringing their hands thinking we're going to lose this client. Totally. There's the one person who is like it's their genius job. Their also, genius it's idea. Kmart. They're yeah. totally fucked. What yeah. do they care? And exactly. The, the other one was uh, big gas savings. <laughs> I can see that though. Just like they're probably if I was having that presentation, I'd be like, let me take you back to some of the most popular Super Bowl commercials because there right. was totally Super Bowl commercials that were like. Oh, yeah. It's pretty, pretty, like, 
I, racy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I would racy. see that and wonder if I had just seen what I thought I had seen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is like the be- that's the best advertising. It is. Yeah. I'm like, wait. And it's like having been in like fucking hundreds of client pitch meetings at this point, I can tell you that it is very, very difficult to get people to push the envelope in any way. Sure. This, so, hey, we had like, good success I, with this one campaign one time. Why wouldn't we just do that again? Right, exactly. And so like I see like there's, you know, that commercial something like that i'm just like wow good on whoever came up with that and good on the people for selling it and making it happen that's tough that's tough to get things like that made yeah yeah um but yeah james you've been playing some computer video games uh no not really i got called for jury duty wow how was the jury duty how was the jury duty so switch then yeah Uh, (laughs) i know well they don't they don't allow you to play do anything you get to turn off your phones all any electronic devices they're like turn that shit off well, while while you're in jury duty, yeah, yeah. Well, I wasn't like I wasn't even like on a jury. I was like literally like had to go. summon to be potentially interviewed. Yeah, but then for mine, I had to go back for a second day. And when you're in the courtroom, you were just there, like nope, to do not jury. Do that. Oh, really? When selection. I was in there, I listened to my headphones the whole time. Jury duty selection, not, not for what I was doing. Huh. Jury duty weird. selection is so weird because in some ways it's a lot like uh, it's like Dota tournaments. In in that by that I mean that. <laughs> That both the prosecuting and defense attorney get bans, like they just yeah, they get a ban phase to every jury. They get a straight up ban though. If you, I had thought about it like that, it would have been way more entertaining. <laughs> they do, like they, excruciating. Literally, like I, I think I, uh, you know, I was talking with my sister who's a lawyer at one point, and I remember her talking about it being like, you know, I knew I had two more people I could get rid of, so I had to be super selective about which two I was cutting with my absolute cuts. And I was like, you can yeah. just cut someone. Yeah. Like, absolutely, you can just get it through no I matter. I forget that your sister's a lawyer sometimes. So, yeah. Uh, former drug dealer turned lawyer. So. <laughs> Not drug dealer. Dispensary owner. <laughs> narcotics operator. There is a fucking difference. Pot uh, is not a narcotic. I guess you're right. Well, it's a psychoactive. It's a Schedule One. Yeah. It's okay, but there is still a fucking difference. <laughs> yeah. It's true. Uh, so that plus some other stuff that occurred in my life, I haven't been playing many games. I, play, I played more WoW. Um, Always I, a good game to bury your brain in. Yeah. yeah it just seriously. it was it, that is my like turn off my brain. Like it was Diablo for a while and, and or yeah. Destiny. I'll, I'll get to Destiny. Um, I finally hit the like new content in WoW where. Huh. I think last time I talked about it, I, I think I mentioned that I had resubbed. But mm-hmm. previous to that, it was when I was doing Surmar, which is like this ongoing sector that, like week by week, you had to like build up your um, uh, this like city and do all these like weekly quests, and that was like slowly progressing. Hmm. Well, that had finished, and then they had another content patch, which was like we're taking the fight to the Legion, so like the demons, and then they're like, okay, we're going, we're going, we're going to their fucking planet. So there, I'm like two, going through the portal. Uh, no, because the, the it's not a blasted lens. It's like they they spoilers. They brought the fucking planet to to them to uh, Azeroth. Yeah, like I think yeah. it was ill. I haven't seen the cutscene or know exactly, hmm. but I I someone told I'm me sure it was Illidan. Illidan like it was like no fuck you. You're coming to us. We're gonna fuck you up. <laughs> so like you just see the planet like anywhere you are in the world. You That's just, actually in game dialogue. Yeah. <laughs> um, then says I will fuck you. You're up. You're coming to us. I'm gonna fuck you up. <laughs> uh, M-rated fucking world. Yeah. <laughs> but but uh, it's been cool. Like the the content's really really fun. Um, the two things that are weird, uh, one is the 
I did it out of order. Like you, you didn't. You don't have to complete the storyline to then go to do the second area. Hmm. You could like get a quarter of the way through and then pick up the quest and then go forward. Yeah. And you like missed a bunch of stuff where it was like Ilden's back, I guess. And we're, we met all <laughs> these people. Who the fuck are these people? Because oh, I actually didn't do that storyline, so I uh, haven't haven't met those people in that quest line. But right. I can continue on because they Classic want people. James. But anyway, uh, so that was fine. And also. There was the the artifact uh, weapons, which is like the one of the core conceits of the expansion, which was yeah, you for each um, specialization specialization for your class. So depends on what it is. You're just leveling up that one weapon, and you're getting you're, it's a like a it's like an orb, like a skill tree that you kind of unlock. right. It's like it's basically like a sub character within your character, kind of. Yeah, uh, you yeah, because you have different classes within like subclasses within each class, right? But then that weapon has um, it's like the what's the Final Fantasy Ten orb, uh, the the sphere grid, area, the sphere, yeah, <laughs> yeah, the um, sphere grid. And so uh. when I was playing that, like it was you get like items from completing quests or doing dungeons um, that would like help progress that. You can unlock new nodes. Hmm. That was like relatively slow going. Um, you came back. And, like, the way that they scaled it is that they wanted everyone to catch up. Yeah. And yeah. so you got, like, what they do. billions of artifact <laughs> points where I was getting, ah, oh, maybe I was getting, like, 100,000 from, like, a super rare one. Like, mm-hmm. no, you were getting billions of artifact <laughs> points that, like, I, I maxed out. Like, I was like, oh, I guess I maxed out my thing after doing three quests. <laughs> the thing is, it then unlocks, basically, I think it's an infinite scaling, there you uh, go. Uh, like, uh, perk. On yeah. the tree, and you just keep on dumping points into that. Oh, that, wow. that just like Diablo, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that was kind of cool, but you know, I just thought it was really funny that I was just getting like billions <laughs> upon billions of points. But it's nice because you can catch up. Like, yeah. that's oh, like yeah. if you're behind, and you're like, oh, I got back into WoW. It's like, no, 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 no. We'll, we'll get you there. You're yeah. Right, which makes sense because as we said before, that's probably their main customer base. At this well, and that's right. the, the way they've always back. done it. Like the new patch, basically. The new patch always makes it so the previous patch you can get through in like twenty percent of the time. Yeah. Um, so what's the what's the new content like? Um, it's cool. It's a like really really story based. You're going to a bunch of different nodes on this planet, like slowly taking it back. Hmm. Um, you're spending a lot of time with main characters, like walking around these areas. Cool. Um, there's a lot of cutscenes, like a ton. Oh, wow. Like I was hitting probably a new cutscene every. Cutscenes really? Yeah. Wow. Uh, every, I mean, WoW just hasn't ever typically done that many cutscenes. They've had there's their, there's been a lot, a lot of cutscenes in the last two patches. Yeah. 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 Oh, I've, really I've always known that they did cutscenes for like the openers, like yeah. you know when you, when you started the content. well, lots of in-game cutscenes now. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. They, they're not they're not the like pre-rendered crazy. They're, ones. No, they're right. not the ones that they show off at, at BlizzCon. Even still, I don't remember that many yeah, in-game think, ones. I, I there's they, a lot of them in the last couple of patches. Yeah, I think they like their production pipeline got to the point where they're actually able to do them relatively quickly. Um. Lots of spoken dialogue, lots of right, lots of like, oh, here's your character following these two That's named characters the around. Because I remember to you. so many bosses, even like Arthas and stuff, sometimes wouldn't have spoken the words. It would just put the bubble over. Yeah. His head. Yeah. yeah, no. Pretty much, if you're interacting with a main character at this point, like even on normal quests, they are like spoken dialogue to yeah. you. Yeah. Cool. It's cool. Um, yeah. so it just feels immersive and cool, and it feels like you're doing stuff. Um. Even like I was doing a, a color match or a color theory puzzle the other huh. night, where it was like doing cor- corresponding colors, like mm-hmm. mixing colors to get other ones. Huh. Cool. Um, it like there's just cool stuff in that game that um, yeah. I'm continually surprised. I think it is the, the 
by far the best expansion that I've I, played at least. I always had so much fun with the new expansions because they would because WoW expansions were always a lot of fun to level up like kind of just as a, almost as a single player game just to mm-hmm. get through the levels and go through all the story content because every single expansion would introduce a whole bunch of new mechanics like yeah. this one you might be in a plane on a bombing on a bombing run you know this other one you might be you know like leading uh leading a, a siege and like telling telling dragons where to attack and stuff like that they would they would have like little mini games and new game mechanics all throughout all of their new story stuff so it was, yeah it was and like the, the more get, yeah go ahead yeah, like like every every new expansion they relied less and less on their mmo tropes and more and more on just being like, what cool gameplay element can we introduce for this quest? And they're yeah. and they're so far into that that now they can recycle them, like, yeah. it, like and it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel lazy. It just it they, they give you they've a, already a, done everything. Yeah, <laughs> they, 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 they just recycled it like in an, in a way that it gives you variety and it feels like they're giving you variety rather than it's like okay, well here's another collect quest, yeah, or it's like a bundle of quests together that it when you put together like oh the, it, there's an interesting outcome and a real change to an area like all all of that stuff is so smart now and it, it, where it's like some stuff was like you did something and it changed because it was like phases was a thing yeah that was in like that started in like even burning crusade as they right. started with a couple things that but that phase, stuff was like yeah. the entire world would like phase and you would see like it almost was like a fade <laughs> yeah, yeah like yeah. now it, it's still somewhat like that but they're much smarter about how they treat it yeah, and, or, and the way that they like make their quests around it, it just it's really smart. Well, um, they'll they'll do things in in recent WoW where it'll be like, and this is where the cutscene thing, the in-game cutscenes come into play. Is you'll do something, it'll go to an in-game cutscene. There'll be a bunch of dialogue and everything, and then when it comes back to the game, you're in the new phase, and like, oh look, this outpost is now a town. And it'll be that way for, for you forever for the rest of the game. And the people that haven't got to that point yet, you just don't even see them in the world. Anthony, as a recovered WoW player, how are you feeling right now about this conversation? Fine. <laughs> it, it holds little interest for me these days. Um, the story stuff that you're talking about, James, that's what holds my interest. No, like, like I don't want to. I still don't want any of the. I don't want to have anything to do with the end game anymore. Yeah, that's the thing of like you even like reading the the text bubbles. I've stopped. I've slowed down and started reading them again hmm. because it's not Joe Schmo giving you a quest. It is. It is the, like leaders of this faction that you're talking to that are like they just had a cutscene, so i know i want to know what this person's thoughts of like they're like oh shit that just went down Mm. oh like they like they they're they have a confidence in you and they want you to talk to you about Hmm. it wow Um, i had a warcraft experience recently mm mm-hmm I watched the Warcraft movie on HBO. <laughs> Why that. did you do that? Because <laughs> everybody said it was fucking terrible, and I went and watched it, and it's not as bad as people. I've heard it's not terrible saying... if you if you are deep enough into WoW. And it's like, and there were things where I was like, oh, I know who all these characters are. Uh, the thing that I then like, you know, I can recognize. Don't get me wrong; that is a very very flawed movie in many ways. But one of the ways that it is not flawed is in representing WoW. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It, it, for it, better it, or worse, yeah. It uh, like the the magic that people use, the characters, and the general story plotline and everything. It does feel a little. It like I did get some of that like fan thrill out of like, oh my god, that's Cadgar. That's Cadgar. What's he gonna do? Oh, he's gonna do the thing. And then like when Cadgar like does a teleport spell, you're like, oh my god, they're teleporting. You know, just like in WoW. And the the interesting thing about seeing Warcraft in a movie setting is that in Warcraft. 
magic is not unusual. You know, it's not like this big crazy thing that like only some people can do. It's like it's this, not it's not like a Lord of the Rings Gandalf, right? Like, like exactly, like oh, wizards and elves kind of are magical, right? Right, and it's it's not this like fringe element thing. It's just part of the world, and like seeing it presented in that way, you realize that like oh, there isn't that many things out there that present like ultra powerful world shattering magic as an everyday occurrence um i was gonna tell you guys that i did play through the entirety of mitch dyer's battlefront as well (laughs) oh wow (laughs) how was that after he gave you a code after he gave me a code i am most interested in two caveats i got a code for i I, I, uh got a code for free and also other caveat mitch dyer is obviously a friend and (laughs) yeah that being said I did not. I did not. <laughs> He's a friend. Sometimes. That being said, I did not enjoy the story all that much. Oh, really? Yeah. I thought. Yeah. It, I. You know, it feels to me like a story. And I. Have, and keep in mind, I have zero insight about the process. I, most of what I learned about the process of working in that game was what Walt came on our show and said. Right. Mitch, absolutely has not revealed anything to me. Yeah. He's a very good boy. Yeah. <laughs> Mitch only interacts with us when we're playing Dota. Now. But I also wouldn't ask Mitch to reveal this thing. No, you wouldn't because I know the job. But anyways. I feel like that game feels like a game that was like, here's the story Walt and Mitch wrote, mm-hmm. filtered through Lucasfilm Story Group, filtered through the desires of somebody to make sure that they include memorable characters from the films, mm. filtered through something else, and then all that poured out into the pipeline of that's the Battlefront 2 campaign. There's more story content coming. Yeah, it better be because the game ends in a way that it's not complete. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so that's I think why, like la, like Last Jedi. It comes out. Yeah, it comes, it comes out. Ne- it comes out next week. Next week because before the, the Star War. Because without spoiling too much, War. it does lead up to all the Last Jedi stuff. You know, um, I don't have any Star Wars tickets. That and so, and so, like the campaign is. You know, when I first heard about the campaign, the thing that interested me was it is about this character, this woman, and her Inferno Squad, and it is about these people who are like. Like, the way it was originally portrayed to me from the stuff I saw was, like, these are people that are basically, like, the SS, and they're super dedicated Imperials. Like, they are, like, belligerently yeah. into the Empire. Yeah, they grew up in the Empire. They and believe so, in it. And so, they, yes, and they're very much like, the Emperor's awesome! Yeah. And then, and then there's just character flip-flops in it that felt contrived, almost, where I was mm. just like... Like, they that, happened too quickly? It happened too quickly, and once it happens, there's no looking back. Mm. There's no, like, conflict about it. There's no, like, oh, there's no, like, I, I, I don't, don't know, maybe I should go to the other side. It's like, I am on the fucking other side now. And, and yeah, could you I, there, not there, spoil the story for this, please? I haven't even played the story, and I know yeah. that's the story. I'm... I've not played the game. <laughs> you know, it's like nobody told me that's the story. It's just, it's fucking obvious if you've seen one trailer from the game that that's what's going to happen. So, I just feel like there's a lot of character development in it that is very, like, strange. Mm-hmm. Like, it just, including, like, right down to the last few moments of the game, there's, like, weird, weird romantic things that come out of nowhere and stuff like that. That I could tell you that, and you still will never see it coming. Because that's how fucking weird it is. <laughs> so I feel like it's it's something that feels like when you watch a movie that you're like, this probably got a lot of rewrites and stuff just got left on the cutting room floor along the way that would have made this all make sense. And that's what that game feels like in a lot of ways. And top of a campaign that feels like there's definitely some points where like I'm like, oh, you guys are stretching it. 
Like you're going to make me, and I could call every time. Like they're going to make me do this three times to make this level take longer. And sure enough, it was always <laughs> think, three times. Uh-huh. You're talking about the Luke level. I mean, I'm talking about every level. I every think sometimes level had three times of it. Sometimes that's for padding, but I also think that there's like this conception with game design that like everything has to be done three times. Fucking Mario. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> I mean, it is like or Nintendo. Okay. I mean, it's yeah. a, Nintendo are, are the ones that it's attributed to, but it, it pops up in so many contexts that are not just Nintendo. Yeah. yeah, and in some ways, it's just like a basic sort of like skill warning thing. It's like you learn a skill, like have it tested, and then have it tested in a different way, like have something taken away, yeah. like um, or added. Yeah. But yeah, all the levels where you play as heroes, I thought were weird additions. That I was like, I thought this was the story of Inferno Squad. And it kind of is when you're playing the heroes, but it's kind of not. It's such and a it's, weird. It's a weird situation where they have to serve so many masters, right? And that's just it. I was like, I was hoping that this was finally going to be the Star Wars game that is not about the heroes that I know. You are not going to get anything and like that for a long time. And so I that think, was kind yeah. of. I found that a little bit of a disappointment to me, even though I understand, like you're saying, the realities of it. And then the other thing that really threw me for a loop is like the Luke, the Luke voice actor sounds nothing like Luke. Like, I'm just like, Jesus, there are some guys out there like Mark Thompson who actually nail. I actually haven't heard that complaint. Um, it's Matt Mercer. Who did it's the, the guy who did McCree in Overwatch. And he's just like, I mean, it's fine. He's doing his best in, impersonation of a Luke. But it's just like, oh, it's just like if as someone who listens to like the movies and watches, listens to the audio books where I hear this guy who does it really good. I, also, I was like, Lando Calrissian voice actor is really bad. Turns out it's fucking it is Billy D. Williams. But I was like, <laughs> really? But yes, doing Lando Calrissian. But the thing is, is that it's Billy D. Williams, who's like probably 70 now. Yeah. And it sounds like a 70 year old man or someone who's slurring their speech a bit. Mm. And so it just, you're like, so it just didn't sound right as a young Lando. And so right. I'm just like, again, I was like, when I heard it, I was like, who's this voice actor? And people were like, it's Billy D. Williams. I was like, oh, well, fuck. I actually really like the, the Billy D. Williams in, in Shriv mission. The mission, sure, but I just found that the dialogue felt a little bit like when I played Ghostbusters, the video game, and you were listening to Bill, a tired Bill Murray develop, deliver you, lines. Not, no, that was phoning it in, Bill Murray. That <laughs> well, was like, that's a little bit how I felt about the Billy D. Williams lines a little bit sometimes. So it just mm. like, and so that just kind of threw me. These are all like nitty gritty Star Wars nerd. I listen to the audiobooks far too often complaints. <laughs> and I've literally been listening to an audiobook that is like Lando centric lately. Yeah. So. And and so just like those things kind of threw me for loop, but I I now non canonical Lando. This one might still this one could still be canonical Lando. I don't know if it where it, if it's a legend or not. I think it might have come out after the conversion. So <laughs> after the BCAD AD changeover, this, the book that I'm talking about it's called Scoundrels. It's basically setting up the when Han goes to Cloud City and he says, "You got a lot of nerve showing your face after what happened." It's the it's, it's the what, what happens. happens. I yeah. think I think that nice. is non legends. Okay, because yeah, it, it affects it changes nothing about the Star Wars storyline whatsoever. It is literally just a Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, but they also want to give themselves mm-hmm. space to change. That's or but, to and add that's what I mean. History. This is literally just an Ocean's Eleven Star Wars book that is like, <laughs> wouldn't it be cool to find out what Han and Lando and a bunch of other miscreants and, would get up to? And also, there's yeah. a fucking Han Solo and Lando movie coming out something. next year. So um, is there? <laughs> that's true. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's cool. yeah, that's that's the one that had uh, the the, the Lego, Lego brothers. Movie brothers, yeah. yeah, and that's now being directed by Ron Howard. Ron Howard, yeah. Oh wow, crazy! Yeah. Being finished by Ron Howard. A lot of movies losing directors this year. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's, it's just a uh, you know for me, I really just wanted the story of this crazy these crazy belligerent Imperials, and and I guess I got that like I felt like half of the time, um, but I, I felt like the 
one thing I'll give them, like, and I'm not saying I hated it. I didn't hate it. I just wasn't in love with it. Right. And, and the, the thing about it that to me, though, that I really, <laughs> I will give them props for obvious how much fucking research they did, mm-hmm. how much they both love Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, it's not like Mitch and Walt had final say on things. I guarantee you they did not. Right. Um, but it's like, uh, there's so many little references in there to <laughs> like all the Legends books where mm-hmm. they're just like, well, we can't go into the original Thrawn trilogy, but we're going to have it this fucking take place at the shipyards that is like the the final battle of the Thrawn trilogy. It takes place, this level takes place at those shipyards. Granted, they're still owned by the Imperials because, again, the Thrawn book is not canonical. Right. But it's Wait, just like, isn't, the, isn't he in again, though? Yes, he is. But the old Star Wars, those stories about Thrawn are no longer canonical. Right, the new right. Thrawn is very different. Right, but you can uh, still have a location name from the books. Totally. It's just, just that, doesn't it's, just have that story it's not in the hand attached. of the rebels yeah. or anything like that. Right. You know, they can do whatever they want with it because none of that shit's canonical. Right. So it's just little things like that. Or like there's a part where in the game... Tonight, I won't get too spoiled. I'll just say you find one of the Emperor's old storehouses. Yeah. That is like the crux of the Thrawn book is mm-hmm. is about them finding this this place that is the <laughs> Emperor's storehouse. So I'm just like, oh, there's all these little nods to the legends that is just like them not reviving those because they can't, but them being like, here's how those things kind of live on in a sense and also connect into The Force Awakens. Like that game mm-hmm. is as important in a lot of ways as some of the comic books for bridging the storyline between Return of the Jedi and the new movies. Oh, which is kind of crazy that they, got, cool. that they got to do that much yeah. to make that story that important. Awesome. So that's well, all I got to say I, about I that. Still definitely wanna, I still definitely want to play it. I've wanted to play it ever since it came out. I just haven't had time. It's on my list of like, I have a shitload and of it's games beautiful. to play. Yeah. Yeah. The game is stupid, <laughs> stupidly. The, the level that you're talking about with the vault is yes. very good looking. Yeah, they're, they're all, That game is really, 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 really... Like, it's like, oh, yes, Frostbite. Yes, I remember you from Battlefield 1. <laughs> right. You make amazing looking environments. Right. I think that's so. on my list. Call of Duty World War II is on my list. Mm. Ghost Recon Wildlands is on my list. Horizon is on my list because mm. I haven't played that yeah. still. Um, I love Horizon so much. Other than WoW, uh, I played a little bit of the new um, Destiny expansion. A, something of Osiris? Rise Curse of, of Osiris. Osiris. Yeah. Curse of, Curse of Osiris. Yeah. Um, what do you I, think? I haven't had a chance yet. I made it through the story, yeah. so which is like two hours, yeah. two and a half hours. It's about what I expected. Um, with with some new adventures towards the end, which are actually like new adventures po- on the same planets. Yeah. Uh, no, on on the on Mercury. The oh, okay. Um, which I think is important. I think that unlocks, um, wh- whatever the infinite forest stuff is. <laughs> um, infinite forest. Infinite, infinite forest. Okay, so <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, the crux of this expansion is that there is a very important lore character named Osiris who was right. Zavala, who uh, is like the leader of the vanguard, which is like the three mm-hmm. uh, like leader. Maybe nods uh, are coming. The Titan, lead, yeah. the Titan leader of the vanguard. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so he was Zavala before he was Zavala, um, and got he got banished, and he went to. Uh, Mercury and and basically into a planet that was built to simulate a bunch of other realities, 
of this. this it's, alien a, it's a Vex thing. Yeah, yeah. it's a Vex thing. Space where, Egyptians. <laughs> uh, robot, a space Egyptian thing. I've seen it before, yeah. but they have like a very sort of Egyptian sort of yeah, look to them in kind, a vague way. Kind of, yeah, yeah, vaguely. And basically, you're going into the, what is called basically like the engine that drives all this in, at the core of the planet okay. into all these realities where where he has been basically exploring okay, uh, and been lost from... So they can do how. fucked up weird things because they're alternate realities? Well, they're just trying to basically look for a way where they can convert the entire galaxy into basically their resource. Okay. Um, yeah, the, 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 ve- the, the storyline behind the Vex is they're like a machine organic race that like takes planets and slowly converts them entirely into like the engines so that they can manipulate reality and they can travel through time and shit yeah (laughs) like it's it's crazy it's i don't know anyway that's the the basis of the game and so the infinite forest is the engine so you're going Uh, into all of these spaces and like that are through time that are like basically different realities because they're just simulating reality at such a like minute details okay that they're like one of the jokes is like and yes these things can kill you even though they're being simulated yeah Mm -hmm. um and the infinite forest is what amounts to is like just a randomized bridge like i thought it was gonna be like um riffs in diablo Mm. which are that to a degree right yeah whereas that but that's like you're jumping zones like you're jumping like pallets this is a single pallet that is randomized which is interesting and cool Mm -hmm. um but i've even heard complaints like there's a thing in there that is a like horde mode like there is a there is an adventure in that dlc that is a horde mode where you're defending against waves of enemies Hmm. and they're like why is that not an expandable thing and maybe it is maybe it will be in the future yeah um it's cool though yeah so i i really enjoyed the story of it it's not it's a very it's a very much smaller story it's still like oh god if they succeed everything's fucked but it is <laughs> it, it's focusing on like three characters yeah it focuses on um ikora the leader of the warlocks mm-hmm. osiris and then osiris's ghost this is the most i've ever once ever heard about <laughs> destiny's lore whatsoever so destiny's people lore. talk about um, items light level but james and i could tell you a lot about so destiny's lore destiny's lore <laughs> is good yeah. yeah the story of destiny is not always good so it's like halo. sounds like halo yeah yeah yeah, exactly. yeah very very similar to halo and so this i think dives way into the lore side there's a bunch of like cool references to different characters and like really important like just small things that i think people will pick up on and, and it brings back parts of this like sense of mystery that destiny one had that actually people actually liked yeah like there's like this there's some depth to it now they obviously reveal some things and but then they are it does the last thing of you give an answer <laughs> you set up more questions right yeah um so there's some cool stuff uh the raid layer came out today i, I i'm not I haven't played it yet, and I I don't want to know anything about it. It's like going. We like to go bl- going blind to those. Sure. Um, there's a really overpowered gun, like the Cold Heart, which was just like a laser beam. They had like a fire, the fire version of it, the solar version of that came out with this. Oh wow! It shipped with a bug that made it like do two x damage. <laughs> nice. And so and so, the, in order to basically, they can't fix it until Tuesday. They made <laughs> the Zer is selling it this weekend, <laughs> so everyone can buy it. So basically, the trials of uh, Osiris. Right. Everyone is just using that gun. <laughs> so you're saying that if I want to monetize right now, I could monetize for a weekend for an OP thing. 
No, no, no. It's it you can buy it from Zer, and Zer just requires a legendary shard, which you get from dismantling. Just making sure, because for a second I was like, no, 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 that see. would be like another yeah. nightmare for Bungie. No, no, no. Because no. that would have the look of we release this thing super OP to get money. No, you know? it's oh no, it's no. Not you, real there's money. no way to get yeah. legendary shards through money. Like, yeah, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. And not that I would think they would yeah. actually do that, but that would just be a bad. Thing. No, and so yeah, it's. It's just kind of like multiplayer is kind of a shit show right now. Because yeah, yeah, it's just so like you're, solar you're either using that, that weapon or you're dead. But the but yeah. thing is, people were actually enjoying it because that was like the they like people liked the imbalance of Destiny 1's multiplayer where it was like you could 2v1 and you can or like even 3v1. Whereas that's in Destiny uh, 2's multiplayer. You can't really do that with most most weapons. Sure. Um, no, no, I'll keep playing. I, I want to check out the rest of the content. I I know that there's a lot of other th- like systematic stuff, like s- system level stuff coming in a few months, probably. Yeah, I've been uh, playing. A, I've been playing a ton on. Well, not a ton. I've been playing mostly on PC these days, yeah. so I'll probably just have to wait till it comes out on PC. I, I went back to PS4 because that's where people wanted to play. Man, yeah. fucking 30 frames sucks. <laughs> you get a PS4 Pro and play it in like dynamic 4K on uh, on your 1080p TV, I guess. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Even if you played in dynamic 4K, it'd still be running at 30, right? Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, and the um, it is it is like every now and then, you know, when I get a chance to sit down and just play a little bit of Destiny, and like it in my head, like mm-hmm. even now, I still see the PS4 version in my head because I played so much of it. Right. When I first yeah, came it's out. pretty ingrained. Yeah, and then I sit down and I and I launch the PC version. And I go, whoa, this looks way better than I was prepared for. Yeah. That that being said, even running at 30 environments are stupidly good looking oh, sure. the the music is continues to be incredible like mm-hmm. um it has like influences of um like atticus ross and like trent Reznor. like there's like hmm. the, like almost like the i've been talking about this the before the flood soundtrack which is a documentary uh or just any other soundtrack like the social network you can go listen mm-hmm. to that soundtrack. It, like, there's a bits of it that in there. Oh, that's cool. Layered in with like the very Destiny style. Um, nice. Uh, but yeah, I would, like again, the production values on that game are fucking ridiculous, <laughs> as one might expect. Yeah, yeah as one. Uh, would hope. But I know, yeah. like, they're continuing to work on the actual game. Uh, no, game's fine. The mecha- like the meta aspect of that game is, oh. needs some changing. Oh yeah. Well, it kind of as, the, as I think they were quote like in their blog post, they were like, "We are looking to make changes for the people that want to have Destiny as their hobby, versus oh. what it, Destiny One now currently is, which was people where they were like, people will just come in, play the new content, and then get out, and we'll come back when there's new content, which is not what people wanted, at mm-hmm. least not what the hardcore wanted, at least. Yeah, I wonder what those numbers break down as. The hardcore ruin everything. <laughs> yeah, but I, I mean, know. James wants the heart. Like, you yeah, are. I want that. Yeah, I, yeah. I, 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 you're saying James ruins everything. Matt. Yeah, James personally ruins everything. I, 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 there's, <laughs> there's a fantastic balance between, uh, like, and again, because games have hit it. Like games like WoW, games like Diablo, yeah. games like Path of Exile, which has right. continued to hit that balance of like cadence of content that is consistent. For like, you can jump in, do some stuff, feel like there's something new there, and then get out. But also, can you can continue on for hours and hours and feel like if you it's have, your hobby, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. No, I get that. I'm, I was being tongue in cheek. No, no, no. Except for the part about you personally ruining video. Yeah, games. No, I, was, I, I ruined video games for everyone. <laughs> um, and then I've been playing. Uh, oh, what the fuck is the name of this game? 
Um, <laughs> I do that sometimes. Where puzzle it's like, Fighter. I, what? Sorry. Puzzle Fighter. Oh, Puzzle Fighter. It's uh, been out for a while, right? Yeah. On I feel like the phone. The, the iOS version? I don't know. I feel oh. like I just recognize the name Puzzle Fighter. Oh, Puzzle Fighter's been around forever. Yeah, but there's a there's an iOS version. Um, it's a match. I guess ma- it, is it match three or match four? It's not really match either. It's like it's uh, match like patterns. So I've never want- played it. I've just seen it, so I I can yeah. see it in my head. But it, it yeah. is a competitive matching game. Is is yeah. how I'll, I'll put it. Um, where you're playing as Ryu and Joe yeah, Valentine right. and Frank West and a bunch of other people. It's, it's a bunch that, of Capcom characters. Yeah. Um, it's pretty good. It's very much a like mobile game. It has all those those. Kind all of, the hooks. All the hooks. Um, it was a mobile game before mobile games were mobile games. Yeah. That's true. Um, but even like the like leveling up your character and everything mm-hmm. and like buying gems, the, which is the paid version. Uh, but so like that's the, what they added but, on. But the, but the core gameplay, it's totally fine. Yeah. It, like I, I've enjoying it playing. You can do some offline challenges, but the online stuff is I think totally fine. All the matches have been very close. Hmm. Um, that's good. So cool. pretty cool. Uh, that's good times i the um uh i have i haven't seen any of the new destiny stuff i do want to check it out on my ps4 just because i don't know if i want to wait till it comes out on pc is it not out on pc um, that's always it is is expansion? it i thought that it was it's out, it's out. yeah oh it no. is out oh, okay. okay i thought it just came later to pc no it's it no. i mean the, the game came late came later but i think the, right. the, the all of dc uh, all the dlc should be day and date oh well that's cool i'll probably play it on pc then oh but i bought the season pass on ps4 and i didn't on pc yeah there you go. <laughs> what so an idiot yeah, i know i would have to buy it again that's uh fuck me uh but the uh last Saturday between or last Sunday between the hours of around 9 p.m. to around 6 a.m. on Monday while I was doing a whole bunch of shit on my computer and I had to baby renders the whole time I was playing Quantum Break Hmm. on PC uh, or on PC yeah (laughs) on PC I really like that game. It's a good game. I had a lot of fun with it. Like, the cover uh, system is poop from a butt, but it's a fun game. Well, I didn't even use the co- cover system. I just used all my time powers to like run around and like. Uh, like I did not expect. I expected that game to have like some basic shooter mechanics, and then I would just sort of just like waltz through most of it. I didn't realize, you know, how hardcore it would be like introducing all of these powers that you have and how important it is to use them in sequence and to use them at the right moment. The less like Gears of War you play it and the more like super max pain you play. Yeah, I was going about to make that. Like Remedy Max Pain, not Rockstar Max Pain. Right, right. Remedy Um, Max Pain, yes. And this is a Remedy game, so that makes sense. I tried to play it with Amy at one point because she likes story-driven stuff and it was tough. I just wasn't feeling it that enough and then when we got to the first time it was like well now you're gonna sit here for 15 minutes and watch something I was it's like, actually oh, no. like half an hour yeah i was like i was like absolutely not i have no interest i'm here to play a video game not watch i it. really like that stuff. i really liked it too <laughs> I, I the uh uh so the introduction the introduction of like half hour tv shows to like tell a different part of the story and to connect and to have connective tissue between the levels uh at first i was like i don't know i'm gonna like this but then they're really well done yeah like the, it feels like a sci-fi show. It feels like a sci-fi show, but with better choreography than some sci-fi shows. I would say it's almost, it's like somewhere between sci-fi and USA. Yeah, so, right. some sci-fi shows have really terrible choreography and like bad camera direction that exposes the terrible choreography. This show does not suffer from those faults. Yeah, I, well, I, I think things are 
recent things on sci-fi have been of a much higher quality yes, like things, been, things like yeah. the expanse and, and a few other shows and like yeah, the, yeah there's lots of lots of good action choreography and cinematography mm-hmm. to go with it yeah man it's been it's been really fun and i and like i and and i beat quantum break <laughs> uh, or at least you know my version of it um and i'm probably not going to go back and replay it i'll probably just see like what uh, i'd probably just look up on youtube like what the alternate you know takes are in some i do of the wonder episodes. if that stuff is actually on youtube I bet it is. Honestly, I'm sure somebody. I'm blown away increasingly by YouTube in a sense that, like, I was watching Shark Tank the other day because that's a show (laughs) Amy and I watch religiously. Uh Uh, And there was a dude on there who invented this record player. He's from San Francisco. He invented a record player that doesn't require you. You can set the record on anything, and it's a record player that runs on the record itself. So you could be in a park and set this on the record, and it would play the record. Um, Weird. Really impressive. And they're like, oh, so what's your background? Are you like an electrical engineer? He's like, oh, no, I made the prototype. I just taught myself how to do it through engineering videos on YouTube. And I was like, what a fucking time we live. We are alive. <laughs> yeah. This guy made a machine. If you want to learn how to paint, you can actually learn a lot of it on YouTube. It just fucking yeah. blows my mind that, crazy? That, that like you're just like, I'm going to learn to be an engineer on this The, the amount of resources <laughs> out there for you to do literally anything at this yeah. point is just... some bored person that knows how to do it probably put something on YouTube. Yep. yep. I have looked up for my motorcycle, changing a specific part on my year of motorcycle, year and make, <laughs> and found some guys like, well, I'm going to change my part uh, here. I'm like, what? <laughs> this week, it's been driving me nuts because the TV app on Xbox One feels like there's input delay. Uh-huh. And I wasn't sure if it was the, like, the sound setup and everything that was fucked up or just mm. the app. And so finally last night I was like, wait a second. I bet there's like a sound sync thing on YouTube. <laughs> right. <laughs> and there's like a million on oh, YouTube. Yeah. On YouTube. Yeah. And I ran through all of them and everything on the Xbox is perfect. There's just <laughs> a fucking audio delay in the <laughs> TV app. And well, I and just it, have to learn to live with it. No, that super sucks. Uh, audio delays. Like I can't watch something. It's with a nightmare to deal with. It's too. It's like because yeah. your, your, your eyes and ears yes. and mind are not capable no. of like really sinking that stuff no I, I can't stand it i in fact i won't it like almost makes me physically ill when audio is off like yeah. that and then the uh <laughs> and then when it comes to uh well it's all it's almost like controller delay you know where it's like it's that it's like that level of frustration oh, yeah but like every frame of a film that you're watching so you know, I, I just go ahead just to go along with the controller delay for whatever reason i felt like Oh, I don't feel like I know the PS4 was like eating my inputs because I would be like moving the stick back and forth Mm -hmm. to check it compared to Destiny or compared to PC Destiny. Oh, I don't know if it was PC Destiny. I don't know if it was PS4. I don't know if it was that version of it because it would literally be like I'd shift the stick right and then left Mm -hmm. and it it would go right. And then it would like as I hit left, it would just keep it would just like stop. Oh, wow. Like like and I would just shift back and forth a couple times and it would like lose those inputs. Not all the time. Wow. That's watching the. I just um, didn't know what that was. Yeah. Anyways, it's a, the wow. Alita Battle Angel. Yeah, it's really weird. It's real weird. <laughs> it looks neat. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm possibly down. The thing that bothers me, uh, in the same vein that stuff that we're talking about, is mm-hmm. that uh, I can detect when something has been slowed down and pitch shifted. Oh yeah, or when anything is even slightly pitch shifted. Yeah, and it drives me insane. <laughs> yep. Uh, and also. <laughs> So can I. With a lot of TV shows and syndication now, especially stuff on networks that show a lot of commercials, like cable mm-hmm. networks, they actually uh, speed the show up. At like one one point two percent, yeah. And they'll they'll pitch shift the audio to make it not like chipmunky, but it doesn't 
it doesn't work on everything completely. And the, the Wait, best hold example. On, hold on, hold on. <laughs> so they can show commercials. You're more, telling me that I'm watching TV nowadays that is sped up because they just want those fucking seconds for commercials? <laughs> yes. Yep. Absolutely. Oh, we're going to be Wally. They basically, Wally. They, they make a show like two minutes shorter. Jeez. Or three so they, minutes shorter. So they can show one to two more commercials. Yeah. It's uh, fucked. They, usually, you, you'll barely even notice it. If you'll yeah. ever notice it, the, the example of something where you can notice it is Law & Order. Oh, if you really? watch Law & Order on something like Wii, right. Wii is like a really bad, uh, like, about this. You mean uh, Wii TV? Wii TV. Not, not on your Wii. No, no. It, so it's a it's a cable network that yeah. you probably have, and they show a shitload of Law & Order. Uh <laughs> And so watch an episode of Law and Order from beginning to end. And 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 I wish uh, ideally you could A B test this, but basically <laughs> the opening the opening's uh music is super fucked up. There's something about that. No, no, so it doesn't seem like it's playing too fast. It's just that the audio wobbles because there's something about that bass tone that Uh-oh. sounds totally they, wrong. They can't yeah. be pitch shifted, probably. Yeah. Well I mean it can be pitch shifted, it just doesn't sound right. Well, it's I was not, gonna, well subtonal bass is its own special beast that like really can't be affected with certain types yeah, of it's, audio it's filters super, about just fucking it up. It's super, super fucked up. And there's just like, st- sometimes people just seem like they're talking just a little too fast. <laughs> uh, imagine, imagine a Sorkin show. Dude, a Sorkin yeah. show where everybody talks like at like 1.2 times speed. I don't terrible. actually know of any Sorkin shows that are in, in syndication. Yeah. But even if they were, yeah, it's crazy. Um, yeah. yeah Not it, used, it used to be that all they would do is they would just cut out a scene to yeah. put in more to put right. in more ads and you'd be like, Huh, I remember there being more to this story the last so, time. So or this they'd show. like cut out most of the opening. Right, they cut out most of the opening. And now, yeah. like, everyone does that, so yeah. that's not enough. Like, they need to cut out the opening and speed up the show. Do you remember when, where, like, I think it's on, on sci-fi, like, they'd have the credits, and it'd just be going... Super fast, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, they do that for movies. But, yeah, yeah, so IFC not only does that, but they, like, split the screen in half, so on yep. the bottom half is the credits, and on the top is an ad for what's coming up next. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Or they started, started the show. Yeah. <laughs> or that's what TNT does as well. Like, And it's hilarious when they're doing, like, a Lord of the Rings marathon, and it's like... The credits for the Lord of the Ring, the Fellowship is going, and like you're like two minutes into the two towers on the top <laughs> half of the screen. It's really fucked up. It's really fucked up. Well, and then, and then they'll do it where like it's they don't do a split screen and then like scale things properly either. They just squish the no, top it, frame. They don't give so a every, fuck yeah. at that point. Yeah. Just... <laughs> now they know who they're dealing with. If you're fucking at home watching a Lord of the Rings marathon on TV. They're like, we know we got you. See, you say that, fucking but it'll be order like, your chicken I'll... nuggets. Sit down, <laughs> shut the fuck up, and drink your box wine. See, you fucking you, pig. You say that, but I'll be I'll be like at my at my aunt's house, you know, and there of will course be some... at Christmas time or something. Yeah, like, and they'll do something, and they'll do something like that and my aunt will go like i hate when they squish the frame like this you know so it's like people don't like watching distorted shit and you know like uh if they ever did any like real audience testing around that they'd probably figure out that they lose viewers when when stuff like that happens totally um whatever they don't care do you have any Uh, other games to talk about um i want to go back and play quantum break but there's a bug on the xbox one x version right uh, now I was, pl- like, I was playing on PC, obviously. There's like and weird visual artifacting. That doesn't um, surprise me because I ran into some bugs really early on in Quantum Break where it's like, ooh, I don't know if this is going to work, including it's a, result, a crash to desktop and getting stuck in the environment. It's a result of the uh, Xbox One X patch um, uh, that they fucked something up. Interesting. But, but like the rest of the game actually ran super solid for me and I didn't have any problems. But right in the beginning, I, I got some some terrible bugs. 
but man, the the time mechanics in that game are so much fun. Like uh and like the the visual effects whenever you use them is super cool too. Like the whole like sort of, you know, uh like polygonal shattering of the world around you when time stuff happens is all incredibly engaging. I I like that game a lot. I I I heard it was a good game. I didn't realize I would like it so much. What else are you playing? Um I think that's about it. Okay. Let's see. It. Well, no, that's not true. I've played because uh, I haven't been on in two weeks. Uh, so I played some uh, uh, Assassin's Creed Origins. Um, I'm probably about eight or ten hours. Oh, you're barely even started. Over in that about like game. Uh, over about like two weeks. Well, I've been pushing through the main storyline because uh, while I while some of the side missions are okay, I'm just like. I just can't get into any of this side mission garbage, but the core missions and like the running around the world, of course, is really, really good. What I'm not into so far, even though I've got like a bunch of different weapons and I've tried out a bunch of different styles and everything, man, I'm just not into the combat compared to other Assassin's mm-hmm. Creed games. I'm I'm digging the combat. I do have bad news for you. Yeah. Which is that you are going to collide with a level wall on the story stuff and you're going to have to do a bunch of the side stuff. Yeah. Well, I've, I've done... Like I've done enough side quests and everything that I've been keeping up with it the levels jumps. that it says. Oh, really? Yeah. Like yeah. James, uh, it goes from like twelve to eighteen, or like to twenty, and then twenty three, uh, and then. Well, I'm 26. in I'm in level tw- I'm in level twenty quests right now, and my, and I'm level twenty two, and it's been working. But my big problem with uh, with how RPGized the combat and the gear system is. Um, is that like my, what I loved about the uh, Assassin's Creed combat from before is that like I could take on any enemy at any time as long as like I knew what I was getting into and what the skill was in order to like take down specific enemies. But this time it's like somebody will come up on me, they're level 23 and I'll be like, well, nope, doesn't matter, you know, like. If I stealth them, my hidden blade going into their throat doesn't kill them. So you can upgrade the hidden blade. Right. I've up, I've upgraded it. Yeah. And the damage jumps on that are pretty high. Yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah. It requires a different. It is. It, it very much is a different play style. It's like a lot of if you're going up against higher level enemies, from what I found, it was a lot of disengage, like maybe taking out one or two people, mm-hmm. then running away, like re-stealthing re-engaging right. because of the way that the alarms work yeah in this and, and it, i think we talked about it, it's like very localized to an yes. area it's a lot of just like engaging killing one of you guys hiding in a bush or like looping back like even like breaking line of sight and like basically like looping back around yeah yeah um or coming in from a different angle and they're more generous about that than they have been in right past totally it, like the, like as soon as you break line of sight it like they'll go to that area but it's not gonna like then they're like here's this massive area they're gonna search now it's like no they'll search kind of directly around that area and then yeah one of the things i I didn't realize until quite a bit in is like how many ranged options there are yeah you get two bow slots yeah and not but not only that that like there's so many different kinds of bows Mm -hmm. yes and like what what their use is and how they're powerful and i do like the fuck anything that's not a predator bow basically that's the one you can control yes it's the one that does the most damage yeah the the predator bows are great but like i found that i that was the next thing i was going to talk about is that like i don't like the combat in general with the exception of the ranged combat i actually like the range stuff a lot and uh, it's even effective it's especially effective like let's say you're getting 
chased by a bunch of enemies on horseback and like the you can just hit auto follow the road for your horse so you don't have to control the horse the horse will just keep running and you can spin and, around and, start and like, you can yeah. spin around and just concentrate entirely on shooting and your horse will just stay on a road it won't like run into a wall or anything like that that that's great that's such a brilliant addition to make like horse archery and horse combat so much fun uh, every every chase like I enjoy chase scenes in an Assassin's Creed game in a way that like you never thought would have been possible. So that yeah. shit is brilliant. But the what I don't like about the basic combat now is that like I really enjoy that um, Assassin's Creed Batman rhythm based combat and like the the way that they've gone to more of an action style combat, action and RPG yeah. style combat. Uh, it just feels repetitive and samey to so many other games. I and I don't find it. I don't find it that appealing. I, I found switching up to like the heavy, like including heavy weapons because it, it seems. I did. I've started using the 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 like a big two handed axe just mm-hmm. to get the combat over quicker. Yeah, huh. but also like sw- switching it up, like having because in Assassin's Creed games you mostly go for the fast stuff because you right. just want to get in, get out. This feels like sometimes you have it feels more dark soulsy where he's like sometimes you there are enemies you just want to stagger with, yeah, with, oh, with a mace or a, a pike or something right. like that or for example if you're doing horseback combat like you want like a pike is way better because it has oh, these like yeah. wide Huge arc. wide yeah. like wide arcs yeah, um, i'm just not having any of these problems and i'm pretty much exclusively using scimitars yeah no you and that's the thing you can do that yeah um but if you if you want to add variety that's where i found it i for me it feels much more about positioning than it has been in previous assassin's Creed. that's games. definitely true like, like the and do- it, dodging and getting around things is it's really important disorienting using x to dodge yeah for real mm-hmm. um, and i've been using a controller on pc yeah i can't imagine playing this with a fucking mouse and keyboard. no it really feels can't. really weird trying to play with a um, mouse and keyboard i don't know i feel like i can get i'm it's not the same it is absolutely not the same, and if you right. go and expecting it to be the same, you're, it's just going to be weird. And uh, well, um, what what surprised me is how much I missed the old combat. I thought I would get, I'd be like, oh, they're trying something new. I'll get into it. It'll be fine. And uh, I just find myself not being into it at all, with the exception of the range combat. And like I, I said, I switched I, to like the giant axe just because I can swing that around constantly, heavy attack, stagger everybody around me, and just kill everybody. Hmm. Because I find the the nuances of the of the smaller weapon combat to just be kind of annoying matt i think you're literally having the opposite problem i had <laughs> uh which is like i found um shadows of wars combat to be super tedious because it was the old assassin's creed batman style oh interesting so I, I would recommend that game if you're looking yeah. for that type of combat <laughs> over the assassin's creed combat i feel like yeah. assassin's creed has been struggling to maintain a, a combat identity for a long time it, i agree and that syndicate actually a lot of stuff was good about syndicate but the combat was kind of fucked up mm. and so for them to sort of start fresh sort of from the ground up with something different is yeah. what made sense uh i mean i agree in a perfect like, world, i would get assassin's creed 2's combat back yeah but or i guess brotherhood added the uh the chain kills which I right liked. but right. i don't know i i'm in i'm enjoy, i'm enjoying the combat it just does not like i did previous assassin's do creed you, games. do you guys like the story mm-hmm. yeah yeah so far i'm i haven't it. i've actually taken like a, a break for a couple weeks mm-hmm. because stuff has been so fucking nuts yeah but i just uh um i just really really like bayek as a character yep. because he emotes Mm-hmm. way more than any other assassin's creed protagonist has he has depth and he, he has a lot of depth you yeah. know like 
he uh, he's devoted to he's religiously devoted to the gods while not buying into superstition. He supports other people around him. He laughs. He's happy as well as being angry. He just has lots of strong passions, which is super enjoyable. His mood changes depending on who he's around. Yeah, and like, and like who who he has to be in that moment. Yeah, like not not in a way that's disconnected, but like a real human would be. Yeah, and it, it, he he has a lot. He has an awful lot of the charm and the appeal to me that Ezio did. Like like in Assassin's Creed 2, like the first time you're introduced to Ezio and who Ezio becomes, before he becomes like beaten down by the world gruff Ezio, where like in the, uh, in Brotherhood and then like, uh, you know, when he's brought in like in some expansion content or whatever, where he's just like, then he just feels like, you know, whatever, you know, I'm a dark protagonist, but um, uh, Bayek, I think is, and I haven't played syndicate at all so i can't comment about that i only played a little bit of unity but bayek is probably my favorite assassin's creed protagonist right now anyway i still i feel like connor felt the most human to me mm-hmm. because oh, I, I, think, I feel like a lot of people really hated him but he was in such a position to be exactly the character that he was mm-hmm. like that is a character that's getting screwed from every direction <laughs> right like representative of a people who's getting screwed from every direction. Yep. Hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, it's I just will. nice to play a character that has so much range. Also, his wife is awesome. Yeah. His yeah. wife is great. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, um, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to going back and playing more over the Christmas break. So like I'm down on the combat, but most of the rest of the game, uh, I find is a definite improvement over the past Assassin's Creed and the problems that I've had with past Assassin's Creed, yeah. especially in terms of story. Um, the uh, And I think while I'm able to skip a lot of the side stuff that isn't interesting to me, I find the world to be extremely full and lively. There, and, yeah, and, and, there's and, enough of that side stuff that is, is interesting and has some depth to it that is not... Um, Occasionally, it just felt shallow. Yeah, hmm. it, like it, it's it's less like squabbles and more like actual human drama. Yeah, hmm. like when like when I go to a side quest, it's like, uh, you know, oh, I need to. Uh, can you uh, can you help my husband carry this thing from the water? And then you go down and you find out that like he's stranded, you know, with some alligators around. So you have to kill the alligators, and then you bring him back. And then you know, there's like a cutscene with like him and his wife and they say wait can you actually help us with this thing too and it doesn't feel fetch questy it feels like oh he's a magi you know he's supposed to be like a helper of the people and they trust him and he believes in the goodness of what he's doing and it, just that extra little bit of motivational mm-hmm. oomph along with some better writing makes what would normally be like just the same tedious quest over and over and over again in past Assassin's Creed games, an actual experience. And there's, there's also things like occasionally some people ask him to do shit and he's like, <laughs> like, what? Yeah, I'll help you because it's my job, but <laughs> get your fucking life together. Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like, yeah. like there's there's some real realistic to it where it's like not everything is he's not like a, a do-gooder that he does everything with a smile on his face he's just like okay well I'll do this <laughs> I guess <laughs> yeah but anyway so yeah so that's about it for me do we have any emails to read 
We do, but I'd rather eat first. Yeah, sure. let's take a break and eat, and then we'll eat some meals. Sounds like a plan, man. off no after the last guardian stuff no uh do you have some emails we're, we're just for contact for watching the playstation experience we're on mute. half watching it's, it's on mute nothing going on. they would need to show something yeah to watch. uh robert writes in and says i heard you guys talking about getting into games last week i'm looking to go to school in montreal for animation and i was going to try and focus more on facial animation because it's what i'm best at drawing but after your talk last week, talking about doing props and backgrounds, I'm wondering if there's something else I should try and put my effort into getting good at that involves animation being a good creative artist. Props uh, and backgrounds. Part, uh, no, uh, the there was just a thing on Twitter earlier this week, actually. Um, I can't remember who it was by, talking about how pretty much every major game studio has open positions and continues to have open positions because they're really hard to fill for uh, particle and effects artists. If you heard a popping noise and you live in San Francisco right now, it's because Ryan O'Donnell's penis just exploded from his pants. Um, oh, for... Because <laughs> they're just showing... This announced Wipeout VR. Let me have to yeah. turn this off. Uh, <laughs> but but no, the, the thing is, is that to me, if he wants to do animation, that's fine. You should do animation. Yeah. But... You should never think I'm going to be a face animator because that's like, like the animation lead. There is well, and not only that, but there's like sure, Naughty Dog has face animators. The Spider-Man, like Insomniac, they have face animators. Hmm. But at some point, it's like you're basically being like, I want to join the NBA right out of college, and it's like it, like there will be a lot of studios where you being a face specialist is not going to be great for them. They're going to be like, oh, you can do faces, that's awesome, but can you also rig and do a like a run animation, right, a reload right. animation. Like the animators I knew that got jobs and now work at places like Monolith and stuff like that, they were awesome at animation, in quotes, just general. Mm-hmm. And then if someone pressed them, well, what are you really good at it? Well, I'm actually really good at first person gun reloading animations. Okay. I know you can do that, but they also want someone who's enough of a generalist that, that you're not going to be like, you're not seeking a face animator job. You're right. seeking an animator job. Just, I, I just, I think especially it's very important your, to think of it that way. Yeah, especially for your first job, you're hedging your bets. The more generalist you can be with exactly. animation. My, my degree is actually in animation. I did character animation and uh, 3D animation in general. I animated all kinds of things. Yeah. Um, it, and it was that that was everybody was taught to be a generalist, but you naturally fall into the things that you love. Totally, which is totally which again is fine. It's just important for your early jobs that you are a generalist, and especially like as far as like you know you'll see studios where it's like. The Naughty Dogs and the big AAA studios out there, they have someone who is a dedicated rigging person, and then yeah. there's an animator. Right. At the smaller studios I've worked at, though, the animator was also expected to know how to do his own rigging. Oh, yeah, definitely. So it's like, you should make sure that you don't gloss over things like that, assuming you're going to end up working at you know this gigantic AAA, because maybe someday you will. Do you think yeah. specializing in any particular field of animation is a mistake? No. Because, uh, well, I mean... To the detriment of anything else. Well, it, it's it's the whole thing where it's like, okay, I'm going to go, I want to be a doctor. What kind of what kind of doctors are there too many of? 
what kind of doctors are there not enough of? And does that guide my decision or am I too in love with one thing and not in love with another thing? Because there's no sense in specializing in something that you hate because if that becomes your job and you end up doing it, you're just going to keep hating it. But it's like if you specialize, if you're like, I want to be a facial animator, but I'm just become really good at animation in general. But, oh, look, uh, there's a million jobs out there for particle artists and effects artists. Let me give that a shot and see if I like it. And see if maybe I can get a job doing it and try to squeeze in this other thing. Because you, you can that's always, a good, you can that's a good practical later. decision to make. Yeah, you can always you can always make a change internally later, or like apply yourself for like. Well, you hope so. Yeah. I mean, like yeah. there, there, you getting pigeonholed into something that you didn't intend to get pigeonholed into is fucking life. That's that's how most people end up with their job is that they end up with something that they just were able to get and now that's their job. So. You are always going to run run the risk that you're going to be at a job not doing the thing that is your biggest dream. So if your biggest dream is to just do faces and you love faces more than anything else, you should definitely try to pursue it. But don't pursue it to the exclusion of everything else. Try to have a, try to have a good backup plan that you're at least good enough in to get a job. Yeah, it's just that the more you specialize, the harder it can be. That's yeah. just the bottom line, and it's, and it's just. Like I said, be, the studios that know you can be more of a generalist, it's always worked in my favor being able to do stuff when I offered to do stuff outside of my wheelhouse yeah. and they were bandwidth constrained. They'd be like, we'll give you a shot at it. And then when you could do it, they were like, we will note that for the fucking future because that's awesome. <laughs> that makes sense. Um, there's no place that, that I've never worked at a place that said, man, we'd only really like you to do this one thing ever and we would never want to exploit you for anything more. So <laughs> right. They will, they will gladly take the help. Um, well, I, this a gentleman from Ireland, I won't read his name, read in, because mm-hmm. he had some part of it he didn't want me to read. I won't, but he said, Anthony was asking a previous show how fast switch carts are made in the factory. He says it will be a lot slower than you would think, because when the carts need some quality control scan to make their working properly. So in the factory, in front of the technician, there will be a wall with thousands of slots, and when they finish plugging in all the blank carts, they start the right process. Then they move to another wall of carts to check and empty, then start all oh. over again. So oh, it's like they have okay. to verify that the right was successful on each one every time so it's literally this process of plugging them all in unplugging putting them in although i wouldn't be surprised if there was like a crazy fucking robot arm to do that these days it probably still requires somebody to monitor to see like oh these and even if they can't check them all i'm sure it's like an inspection in any other assembly line situation where you inspect a certain percentage of them to get like an adequate number of and that should be numerically accurate this person worked in a very similar job at one point that he said was like the, it was tedious. I bet incredibly <laughs> tedious. So, and they've you, got that one guy to paint on the bad taste onto the cards too. <laughs> right. <laughs> I forgot about thing. that. Yeah, I get it. We, we made this card taste bad, taste so people bad. wouldn't eat it. Really? Right. Let's all taste it. Yeah, it actually tastes bad. Who knew? All right. Next question. Except you know that because humanity is uh, a species of variety, that somebody is going to taste one of those cards someday and go, "Hmm, this is pretty good." We're at the state of the PlayStation Experience press conference where they're spending 10 minutes talking about the game that's already out. I don't know what I did to get... Uh, <laughs> oh, I yeah, said, that's the I said, guy. send me your Rebel questions on Twitter, and like 80% of the questions are Star Wars related. <laughs> nice. And literally about the show Rebels. And I'm like, what the fuck? I've never even seen Rebels. So, my bad. Um, Sorry to everybody who misinterpreted it. I guess now you know what you're doing for the next week. (laughs) Colin Wrigley wrote in on Twitter and said, Do you think reviewers are more forgiving 
or critical in their early career? And do you think that changes over time? Uh, I think it depends on, it depends on their, their viewer depends on the game. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, uh, I think I was always an asshole. (laughs) I can, I've said that that about you many times behind your back. I, I think that I've stayed, I stayed about the same amount of critical. I think that I tried more and more to be, to not assume, uh, motivations or intent right to not just be like oh this developer is obviously lazy and not to say why something didn't work right uh or not to like like this like this game doesn't work because the controls are bad is one thing but the controls are bad because they didn't do this this or this like uh, going too deep felt like a mis would feel like a mistake yeah well we've Um, done that many times on this podcast where we've ascribed motivations to certain things that was uh, definitely inappropriate because like there's no way we could have known and I think that's definitely one way that I've also grown over time is like to to remove motivations from that. And I think and I think you, Arthur, have been like specifically like reading your work and listening to your critical approach to things has evolved my thinking similarly. Yeah, I just like at Polygon, that was always the thing. It's like speak for yourself. Yeah. Never tell the reader how they feel because uh, you don't know. Mm-hmm. You, you can never guess like what someone else is going to feel. This will make you cry. Um, yeah, I mean, if it made you cry, great, but never Mm -hmm. say what someone else will, will do or how they'll react. Mm -hmm. Um, and never, never think you know how to make a game better than the people making it. Uh, especially if you've never made a game, (laughs) um, like saying that a game is not good is, is largely subjective. And so that's fine. Like as long as you can support it, but, uh, and don't, don't assume that something turned out a certain way for a certain reason, because you don't. We, we don't know. And there's lots of substantive criticism that can be leveled against things and analysis that can be made without assuming intent. Uh, right. and I, and I think that there are exceptions to that because occasionally like you get a game like hatred where it's like, clearly these people were pieces of crap. <laughs> uh, but you know, I think that the, that's, that could be rare or like this game's politics suck. And those, you can say that those politics suck and that is accurate, but it's hard to know why, Right. Concretely. Like you can speculate, but I don't think that that so much belongs in a review. Um, but I, I hope people get more introspective as they review more games. I, I started my career and I know Anthony started his reviewing a lot of pieces of shit. Yep. Like a lot of <laughs> shitty games. Like we grinded out shitty games. Yep. Mm-hmm. There was a year at IGN, I think uh, 2010, I reviewed like 80 games. Oh God. Including two bad games over Thanksgiving break. Oh God. I no, even remember you. what the games were. Splatterhouse and nailed. <laughs> Splatterhouse looked like it could have been not terrible, but yeah, it was nailed. Looked like it also could have been not terrible, but it was not great. Yeah, um, but yeah, I, you just play a lot of games, and I hopefully stuff. You start to get it, but I don't yeah, know. Well, I've seen people that are in, uh, behave inappropriately after years in the industry. You can become oh, yeah. less critical over time too. I could see that. It just depends. The tough thing looking back for me, and I've talked with Arthur about this before, is that going back now, if I could go back to my old self, there were several instances where I would have, as the more mature Anthony now, been like, I absolutely can no longer have anything to do with this game. Mm-hmm. Like, I shouldn't mm-hmm. do anything with this game. Because you, you knew some people too closely. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I just became a little too close to people. Not like to the point where I was like, 
we weren't texting or calling each other or even, <laughs> but, but it literally was like, I just developed enough of a rapport with him that I think that it, it was, it was substantial enough that I should have stepped away, uh, uh right. you know, and, and never done like any sort of review or any type of thing for their game. Right. Anything well, that the, could to be critical. Well, the interesting thing about like in, enthusiast and entertainment journalism in general, across all entertainment and artistic fields is that the, the, the critics, are much more involved the critics are part of the community oh yeah they're not like in uh you don't have that you know one degree of separation that like maybe you know a journalist you know in a different beat would have you you are consuming the thing that those that the artists are creating in a very personal way whereas like if you were i don't know covering uh covering sports or something like that you know like you're if you're a journalist you're probably not playing football and then going home and uh and writing about football yeah but i think that there's like a lot of hero worship that goes on there and in some ways that i think that that permeates game culture as well one of the things that i tried to avoid as reviews editor polygon was like if someone seemed like they had crossed a threshold where they could not think critically about a game because of either their absolute hatred for its existence or mm. more often, honestly, especially with certain publishers, their just absolute adoration of mm. everything about it. Like mm. that's like, I don't really want to assign that to that person unless I have to. Yeah. I yes. should have never been given a dynasty warriors review. For instance. <laughs> you just like it or yeah, you don't? I, just, I hated them. I just yeah. thought that they were, I, I went into that being like another one of these games. Why do they exist? Yeah, I think that there's exist. that you have valid opinions to provide for that, but maybe it's not the most appropriate person to assign. Yeah, that's what yeah. I mean. Yeah, sure. Um, I can have that opinion. I don't think that opinion is wrong. But again, yes, as you said, I was not probably the right person for the audience that wanted to come and like, read that review. I think yeah. that there are definitely like games you can look back on and, and sort of see where it's like the only people that reviewed this game like really, really loved it. And there are lots of people who didn't love it, who sort of realized they didn't love it after the game came out. And so like, that's not to say that those initial re- reactions are not valid, but I, I do think that there is there is like a, an unwillingness to 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 retain that ability to be critical, mm-hmm. even of things that you really like. Yeah, um, like I really like the Hitman games, but that doesn't yeah. mean that I can't be critical of them. Like right. I, I tried to hold on to that, and it doesn't always work. And there are some yeah. games that I didn't review because of that. But. Right. Well, and I would hope that you know, like the the goal that. If you are a, a a critic in any medium, that I would hope that over time uh, you learn a couple things. The first is the value of humility, because from realizing how much you don't know and how much you can't talk about adequately, uh, you know, should I think inform a lot of the decisions and a lot of the otherwise declarative sentences that you might make, and. Uh, the second thing that I would hope is just empathy in general, empathy for the creators and empathy for the people who uh, are reading your article or listening to your review or watching your YouTube video or whatever. Um, just for clarification, I, I didn't speak in that thing just because people don't, I don't, I'm not a critic. Like, uh, you have opinions. I have opinions, yeah. but, but I would not consider myself I, in any sort of way a critic. Yeah, that's, you should that's just fair. you should just put what Tyler used to put on his business cards. I love it. He just put gaming pundit, and I was like, <laughs> I, I thought that was hilarious. That's good. So, um, this guy wrote in 
And he said, Arthur wouldn't have allowed Polygon's best 500, right? That's his title. And I just wanted to bring up his email only because it's all summed up, basically. He says, what's your take on Polygon's 500 best games of all time list? I'm not interested in your level of agreement with the order. I'd like to know if any of you see value in gaming publication making such an effort in this day and age. Who does it serve? He says, it seems incomprehensibly meaningless to me. And he said, it, he, the reason he doesn't like it is he says it seems Speaking like, to the mic, asshole. He says, it seems like it is a, a weird conflation of objectively, objectively defined best games, most influential games, and personal nostalgia. And he says, uh, you know, he keeps using the phrase objectively. And the reason I brought it up is I think Arthur wouldn't have cared if his website made a thing like this because these lists serve a purpose in the sense that they are I don't know highly, how much I, I disagree with this person. Yeah, I, I voted on the list. Yes, they are highly <laughs> they are highly readable. Pieces. I voted on it, motherfuckers. I saw those Excel sheets months ago. Yeah, that shit takes a long time to produce. <laughs> they are highly readable pieces. Like of content. after I left, they approached me and asked if I wanted to vote. And uh, I they are highly readable pieces of content that get a ton of traffic. Yeah, and, and you, all these websites are businesses on top of being gaming sites. You argue. Like, everyone knows that it's not like there's no like you try to be accurate. Like you try to be true and in objectivity, like you look at it and you're like, what are the ways that we can contrive to make this as objective as, as something based largely on opinion can be. Because <laughs> right. uh, if you go, what's, Im- oh, it's based on importance. Okay. Pong. It's an exercise. Pong, Pong is number it's one. not. Yeah. I mean, I would say it's not a history of the world, but guess what? History is extremely subjective. <laughs> like it, history is profoundly objective, and like it's been demonstrated over the last sixty years that when you attempt to write a subjective history of the world, it doesn't work. Well, I yeah. mean, you can't even read a letter from a friend of yours objectively. They could write it as objectively as they can. You could read it, and then you might confuse the meaning between the two. Like there's just everyone has an agenda that they read and write anything with. Like, it's I think just... if you, if you are complaining about the list, if you are a editor at another website that wrote an editorial about how stupid it is that the list exists, uh, if you liked it, when you've made a bunch of lists like that yourself, all of you are simply <laughs> demonstrating why that list exists. Exactly. Cause you're fucking talking about it. Exactly. So that thanks was for the traffic <laughs> to the site that I still own stock in. So <laughs> like fair disclosure, like I, I own Vox stock. Like I, it's not like I'm totally disinvested in how Polygon does, but right. yeah. uh, I mean, I would have, if somebody has suggested that while I was there, I would say, that's a great idea. Let's absolutely do that and mm-hmm. make sure that a link to the past is number one. I mean, the funny thing is, is that, is that when I was there, you know, uh, Justin was the features editor who was always coming up with top whatever lists all the time. And they all did really good traffic. Yep. So, of course, that's yeah. why we did them. Like, People it, like, like to read things that they can argue about. If you want the 18-page in-depth Matt, uh, why am I spacing on Matt's last name right now? From Paul Matt Gale. Leon? Matt Leone, in-depth, I've been seated with this team for everything. Well, those are good, and those are awesome pieces, but they also need to be offset yeah. by the top 500 list that drive a bunch of traffic. Yeah, know? like, I, I don't know. Like You look at, it's it's uh, it's tent pole versus service content. We used to do that even at 1UP when we do yeah. our big feature stories, cover stories, as we called them on 1UP when mm-hmm. it stopped with EGM. Yeah. And it was like, I, those were big expensive things to do versus the return also yep. as much traffic as i'm sure that five top 500 list has gotten i don't know that it's paid for itself because it was an incredibly involved it, undertaking mo- most 500 of those, is a big list yes, but most of those 
will pay for themselves over time because those right. are those mm-hmm. are SEO plays like straight up like people will oh, top one hundred yeah. one hundred games like that is why those lists exist. I literally did that the other day. I was like top ten cover based shooters or something like that, and I was like, oh, here we go. Yeah, so. <laughs> like yeah, that's they they exist for long term SEO stuff like that. And you know, I would and you know the 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 uncynical read on this too is that uh, you know like I'm not a big fan of lists as content. I I generally skip past them. Yeah. But sort of like you said, top 10 cover-based shooters, Anthony, like that's the kind of thing that reminds me when lists do work on me is like, I just want a reminder of like, oh yeah, what, how, what are the cover-based shooters that are out there? Yeah, the reminder I, what, what, content. Yeah, what, 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 what were the, what were the big AAA cover-based shooters over the years? Exactly. And then, exactly. And my, then, yeah. Often I end up I using I just kind them. of find it interesting from a historical context, a nostalgia context. I often end up using it in my consulting when I'm looking for references of you know, someone might want to know, like, well, what, how, what's wrong with our cover system? And I'm mm. like, oh, you should take a look at some of the best ones I've ever played. I'm like, wait, what are all the third person ones? Just so I make <laughs> sure I'm, I'm remembering all the best ones. Oh shit! Your stealth four, system totally isn't, about that. Your stealth system yeah. isn't totally working. Here are the ways that a bunch of other games indicate when you are hidden from right. the, from an enemy. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah, I totally do that all the time. I, lists exist as a jumping-off point for conversation and argument. Because people like arguing about the best stuff. Like the Polygon list came up in our Discord group, and then we talked about it for for thirty or forty minutes. Yeah. Thanks for your clicks. Yeah, yeah. I, as, I mean, as, did, as did IGN's top like one hundred because we were going through it and like reading Brian's old Dota. I mean, I'm positive like, at IGN. I did a top hundreds of games thing <laughs> while I was there. They do. So. They, I think they do it like once a year at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that I, I right. don't. I don't debate lists with anybody because like they're they're so subjective. The only time that I debate a list with somebody is if we're doing it jokingly. Yeah. You know, where it's like, uh, no, fuck you. Link to the link to the past should be number one. No, well, right. but it was like a, in, in our case, it was a jumping off point for talking about 3D Zeldas and uh, like and like. Uh, they, we started talking about like Z targeting and, and, and why, just, mm. yeah, like all why like its importance and like what anyway. Oh yeah, that's influence versus I, like resilience or sort of like it, things that age well. Mm-hmm. Like none of the three Ds. All this have is aged why really I, just well. I just can't care about a list and a ranking of it unless I have a name, a human person name that I attach to, because <laughs> then I want to pick their brain and be like, mm. you know, what the fuck did you put that over this for? Like that's why actually Polygon's <laughs> list that they've done. Uh, for by Jeremy Parrish, where Jeremy Parrish has listed like his favorite Mario games because I know Jeremy. I'm like motherfucker, really? So, like, <laughs> oh yeah, the best Mario games list. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like <laughs> that man. Know. God, they, they must have been like giggling all the way to the traffic bank on that <laughs> one. <laughs> yeah, yeah lists exist to make you want to argue about them, and like it's not like it's just websites. Like High Fidelity is an example of a movie that captures the spirit really well. Like. They name off top five lists to argue with each other. All the time, yeah. They're in the like, record store and they're just arguing about disco albums for mm-hmm. some Top reason. five track one side ones. Right. Like, I mean, that, that's what... They, yeah, they, websites exist for you to talk about it with other people. Like, I don't... I Whether on that site or with your friends in person right. or on a and, in and fucking I, Discord or in literally any of the fucking family. Yeah. When people talk about, like, <laughs> oh, nobody knows how to argue now like or disagree, like, I find that largely applies to politics. And fuck you, because for me, politics is like there's one side that largely thinks that this group of people is not a person and that these people do not deserve support, et cetera, et cetera. Like, that's not a disagreement. That is, like, actively threatening someone. 
you need to learn how to disagree about whether or not a game is good or a movie is good or music is good. Like that's media is a great thing to argue about. Yeah. And I, and I actually find, and those kinds of, you know, I think we're, I, I think in this day and age, we're so used to everything just turning into a, a toxic cesspit anytime there's any sort of disagreement about anything online that we, that we sort of, compl- we conflate disagreement and argument with negativity and with awfulness. So a list generates argument. That means that lists are bad, like because argument on the internet always turns bad. But the, the thing about like your example with high fidelity and stuff like that is that like arguments over lists and rankings of things, especially about fan stuff and about art, it can actually be fun. It can be an enjoyable experience. It can last, be a way to like pick not, your friend's brains. And you know? if you're not dismissive of the other person. Yeah, exactly. Like, After the last four years in the fucking video game landscape, I miss arguing about lists. So go fuck <laughs> yourself. Please do more top 500 games list video game sites. Let's argue about something that isn't awful. Right. And then like in large part, the arguments are inconsequential. Because, like, while they can help you identify personality traits and connections with other people around you, it doesn't mean that, like, you're basing your entire opinion off of, like, their worth as a human being on like, whether or not Mario 2 is better than Mario Like, 3. if you tell me that uh, Ocarina of Time is a better game than Link to the Past... I know that you are wrong and that you have bad opinions, but I don't think that you're a bad person. <laughs> like, I don't know if you actually think that or not. I, I'm just like, uh, I feel I, like those are like the two I don't, neck and I don't, neck I don't, Zelda games. I think Uh-oh. Uh, <laughs> Ocarina of Time is more important for the modern era as it's because of the things it introduced versus I think Link the Past is a better game. Yes, that is that is accurate. That yeah. Ocarina of Time was a learning experience for lots and lots of stuff, mm-hmm. and it has aged not. Great. I, I disagree with that. I <laughs> I didn't think that game. I thought that that game was kind of busted when I played it when it came out, and it was clear that it was still struggling with a vocabulary that no one had developed yet. Like there was yeah. not, there weren't words for the language it was trying to speak yet. Whereas right. Link to the Past is. Ever honestly, every like 16-bit sequel that Nintendo made is just like their thesis after like years of graduate school in game design. Like it was like that was their their final exam hmm. in in that kind of design because 16-bit game design and 8-bit game designer were not different really. It was just like not levels of complication. Time. Yeah. Um. Just not until m- stuff like Star Fox. Art. Like yeah. once 3D came in, like three-dimensional movement came into the equation, it became a much different thing. But, um, but yeah, no, lists exist for people to argue about it, and that's a good thing when it's not about the value of human lives. Like, <laughs> right. I, I mean, don't – like policy discussions are fine. I don't – I'm not going to argue with a conservative who thinks like taxes are bad and that like we shouldn't pay them because I'm – that's never going to change. But like you should learn how to disagree about what video games are good. <laughs> yeah. Without like, without going personal, like learn to, to be able to withstand that conversation. Yeah. And learn when to know when to walk away. You don't have to have that conversation. Yeah, that too. I, but I think that it's important to be able to be like next to that conversation, not just lose your fucking mind. Well, that's what I mean, you can just be yeah, like, yeah, check yeah. out of it. I think that's a fine thing to be able to do. 
And and if somebody is like going dark and going personal, you have to be able to walk away from it without going that that direction as well. Also, importantly, James admitted that I was right. That's like the most important <laughs> yes, let's thing. Go, let's go back. Let's go back and review but, that selection. <laughs> I, but I think that that we fundamentally disagree on like the value of one or the or the ultimate enjoyability of one over the other. Yeah, totally. But there is like a point where our Venn diagrams overlap. Yeah, which is that. that like one is the better design game and the other was a much more important yeah. evolution in game design. Ooh. Sorry, there was just some encoding errors on the stream. Um, it's hard but, for a Twitch person to see Twitch problems. <laughs> Those were you, Twitch problems. You don't you don't know where that, where that came from. That's probably yep. from production. Uh, that no, but like yeah, like I I tend to think that the like the what follows a game tends to be more important for me than what that game actually is sometimes. Which like we were having a discussion last night again, for example, where I think the reason that I think PUBG is the game of the year is because of the importance of what will come next year, mm. because of the influence it is having on the industry. Yeah. Versus, I think Mario Odyssey and Zelda are incredible, both very, very, very good games. Mm-hmm. But I, I could never give, and that's just that I could never give Battlegrounds game of the year because it's just like so unfinished right exactly and and that but that's where you and i differ is like yeah. like i if there was a category for like event of the year i just don't sure. feel like it's particularly less finished than a lot of stuff that came out this year yeah and i wouldn't have qualified consideration i don't know like I, zelda just got another patch like, yes but zelda did not crash zelda did not make me lose the game because of a performance issue like that the battlegrounds is a fundamentally broken thing in a lot of places that zelda was not Zelda was fine. If I had right. never patched Zelda, I could have played through the entirety of Zelda. And but I, had a but I can totally see James's argument too, and that like there's, it's undeniable the world shattering influence that totally. PUBG and that's has why had. I'm like, if it was like best biggest event, mm-hmm. like there's no doubt that. If it was what like, other game have you played more than that this year? Doesn't matter. I st- and that's what I'm saying. I put 500 hours in that, and I would not give it game of the year. Like it just absolutely would not. I mean, I put like five hours into that game, and I can't. I really can't imagine giving anything else game of the year. Do do you worry that like you've put maybe that you've put so much into it that like it's uh, it's flaws are amplified to you over what it would be to somebody else? I don't think so. I think the, a lot yeah. like a lot of people have played it. The first time you lose the game because of the technical issues on right. it, when it is a game that is about winning. Right. It is like to me, it would be like playing Dota. And having my my powers not hit where I wanted them to hit because the game was broken, right. like it would not be okay. It would be unacceptable in a game of Dota. Yeah, it would be completely unacceptable. And not only does that happen, but it happens regularly. It's not an okay sometimes thing. It's like every match, right? Like that is that is unacceptable. And like it wouldn't be the first time that like people have qualified and disqualified. And I've even done this disqualified games in games of the year discussions because of its technical issues. Like, I think it's like this game is fucking amazing, but it can't be game of the year because all these other games were so flawlessly executed. Like, I think that's totally a valid argument. I think it's an amazing design and it's like, I can't wait to see what happens with battle Royale, but like there's just fundamental problems with that game that I just, man, I'm waiting for someone to do it better. And that's why I'm not a critic. Is because because, <laughs> because my 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 perspective on games is less about like I uh, is about a focus that is not a very abstract above like above the game. That's fine. And like I said, I just, just feel like the problems in that game don't break it. 
but that's because you've only played hardly. No, it's because you played 500 hours of that game. Like you continue to play that game because there's no other good option. The second that, that if there was like a triple A made polished version, I would jump ship. Yeah, you've said that a couple times, I, and, and and that was why you tried the Fortnite one. Yes, I would jump ship, but there's nothing else that gives that experience. I don't think a triple A studio would ever be able to make that game. Maybe, but I'm just saying, if there was a one that that was technologically superior and offered the same gunplay, I would be out in a heartbeat. I'm not playing it because Battlegrounds is like this really cool thing. I'm playing it because it's the only way I can get that. Yeah. So. I feel like those are the same thing. They're, no. no well, one, one, one is you're using... One is like you have a choice between the post office and the UPS, but you use UPS because you like it better. The other one is the post office before there were any other carriers, and it still sucked, but you used it, it anyway because it was your best it's option. It's like if there were... If, Arma, all like the Bohemian, yeah. You guys are all, all, up, all, all of a sudden we're like, yo, we made one. Yeah, you probably it, would go go play that and if it works. Yes, yeah, of course. Uh, yes. But what are the chances that the Arma guys are uh, yeah, better than Bohemian? No, no, no. no. <laughs> but my whole point is that like that, that's just how like the reason that Anthony doesn't play Fortnite is because he doesn't want the more like. The, the hit scan type like he, want, he yeah, wants the right. realistic like, I want to play first person I don't want the hit scan and I don't want the building I right. want the more tactical gunplay of Battlegrounds yeah so if they could fix the technical issues I'll play Battlegrounds for a million hours I'll play it forever so I, I don't you. think it's technically insurmountable it's just that nine months in I'm just a little tired of it yeah so. I get it, that when did it come out? March so it's fucking crazy yep it feels like it's been out for like well over a year because of how how Just much, how much of the like the yeah. rise. 2017 also feels like it's been 17 years long. That's, that's, that's true too. Also <laughs> true. That yeah. is so true. It feels it, like the fires that burnt up Northern California were yeah. like two years ago, right? And I know that they were like Earlier a month this ago. Year. Yeah, so it's like you know. Well, well and here, like uh, I, I liken this to. Uh, you ever gone traveling to a place for an extended period just for vacation? Like a place that you've never been before, sure. like out of the country or something, and you're like, I'm not doing anything, but I'm being in this new place. And you're having you're having like constantly new and engaging experiences all day, every day. So like your days in that way, they get longer. Yeah, they and feel very long. They feel very long. Right. And then when you come back from that extended trip somewhere, and it's like two weeks later, you're like... God, I I can't believe I'm going home. I, I've been gone for so long. Are people still going to recognize me? You know, even though it's, you've only been gone for two weeks and everybody else has gone by in the blink of an eye, but for you, you feel like you've been gone forever. Right. And then you get back to your job routine and the next two weeks go by. Like yeah, that. exactly. And it's like I, I had that experience profoundly when I went backpacking in my very early 20s in Europe for like almost four and a half months. And uh, I got back and I felt like I'd had this you might as well have gone off and fought a war. And come exactly. Back. I've been Who's gone Matt for Chandrenay. Right. I don't even know who Matt Chandrenay is. Yeah, exactly. Too many like, of us know no, who Matt Chandrenay yeah, is. <laughs> not really. And I, like, I know who Matt Chandrenay is. <laughs> well, there's one person here who really knows. <laughs> and so you know, like that's what that's what 2017 feels like because every single day has been a new crisis in some way or another in the political world or in the natural world or whatever and then so it makes every single day feel longer because more memorable stuff has been happening the routine doesn't expunge it from your brain every single day like it does you know in a, in a normal fucking year yeah so something like PUBG 
not only has that because it's in 2017, but it also has it because it's done so much in such a short period of time. And it's yeah. gone so far in such a short period of time. There's nothing else in gaming history that's comparable. Yeah. Are we still, still talking about pub? Yeah. 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 I, I, people say, oh, well, they're rich and all this. Stuff. I, I feel like that is a game that has become so successful so quickly that it is difficult for them to keep, to stay ahead of it. Yeah. Well, like, I mean, yeah, that new map is crazy and it's a good first showing, I think, because I think it was largely done by the Wisconsin office. But it being smaller is highly suggestive to me of the fact that maybe big was a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, and so far, if that's the case, I'm fine with it. Want to go small, get better performance, and also have just the faster action? I'm all for it. You know? We'll see. We'll see what when the main map is in uh, when it, I guess when it comes out because then that will be in, indicative of what yeah the actual changes were. So yeah, also we'll see what it, uh, what it's what the 1.0 release is like, which is in 12 days. <laughs> and by the and shortly Crazy. before you even go see Star Wars next week, you'll be able to play it on Xbox. Yeah, I'm really curious to see. I might. God damn it! I don't know if I'm going to find this. God damn it! <laughs> I do want to know what it controls like on Xbox because the I'm coalition. Too. Yeah. I, want, I want to know yeah. like what's the control like, like. What's the UI? Microsoft like the... has gotten incredibly involved apparently with the port to the point where Microsoft first party studios are helping them make it. Well, it makes sense. It's going to be their biggest xbox one exclusive this year it's gonna make them so much money i i don't want to make that assumption like really? I, I don't know i think if this game had come out two months ago it would be fucking massive on xbox now i don't i don't know what like makes I think, the what, what because it's sold 24 million copies already how many more fucking people are gonna buy this game like Plenty people, people, don't people have PC that, games. Yeah, i was gonna say like all the people that don't play pc games still have xbox i would say like, usually i would say that but like 24 million I know. <laughs> okay, like again, this is it, the popularity of PCs in in non China, yeah, not non North right. American and European countries. Right. Actually, like, I, I think that that is absolutely a factor. I think that that game has sold fucking bananas amount of copies here, like in America, in Europe. Like, it has sold more than anything. I think. I I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Mm. I. I made the, the, the half-ass prediction that it could sell 30 by the end of the year. I still don't hate that prediction. I just, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how much band, how much room there is to sell on Xbox, Hopefully but I guess we'll see. Uh, that's going to do it. You can, right find on. Me, you can find me on Twitter at Chuff Money, Twitch at Chuff Money. And I'll say thanks again. Every time we put out a podcast, people continue to give to our little GoFundMe. And now oh. we're like, easily going to make our goal i think and so that's great thank you so much to everyone who did that really appreciate that if you go and check out the gofundme you'll see a bunch of cute pictures not <laughs> only of my fiance but also of the dog that we've been putting up as she like progresses with casts and recovery mm. it's all pretty sad but also really cute so <laughs> it's uh, pathetic pathetic is an excellent way to put any dog wearing a cone <laughs> any animal wearing a cone yeah uh and then you can find james on twitter he's at james underscore Faulkner. Arthur's mm-hmm. at A-E-G-I-E-S, and you can find him at Pragmagic, which he's been putting on up Instagram, new stuff there yeah. about his art processes yep. on Instagram. Do you follow me on Instagram? I check out your stuff when you link it on Twitter. That's a no. <laughs> I don't... I Look, I made an Instagram like five years ago. I have not yeah. logged into Instagram in years. <laughs> the last time I tried to log into Instagram, I couldn't because I couldn't remember my password, and I didn't know what email I, address I had associated with I also with it. didn't know what Snapchat was, really, basically, at some point. I feel like Snapchat won't be around in about 18 months. So Really? 
Yeah. Um, how come? Because it's collapsing. Oh, is it? And really? everyone else is stealing every feature that Snapchat does well and doing it better. Oh, wow. Instagram stories. And then uh, yeah, uh, you can follow Matt on Twitter at Talking Orange. You can. And uh, for those of you uh, boom, boom, who boom, boom, backed big news, uh, Outer Lands, um, if you haven't been checking your emails over the last couple months, we have a release date for the first six episodes. Woo-woo. It is December 19th. That is very, very soon. We've been doing, we sent out surveys for backer rewards and stuff like that. We're getting the, a lot of the physical rewards made. The only thing that won't be made is the Blu-rays because they're not going to be made until the whole series is finished. Uh, but you should be checking your emails and looking for that kind of stuff because uh, we really want you to watch these episodes. Also, you can get your uh, all like the, the physical reward of like shirt sizes and everything yes. are in a surveys, which you should also go fill out. Yes, exactly. So, which are, which the, when do those then does that end? The, it's uh, it's ongoing. Loose, yeah. Loosely, it's sometime in January. We right. have to lock down the survey so that all, everything is locked in, so that Fan Gamer, they're based in LA, so that Fan Gamer can start producing everything and then shipping it out. In uh, hopefully, they told me hopefully starting in February, but uh, definitely by March things will be done and sh- shipping out in the month of March. So there you go. yeah. Shit be happening, yo. Check out those things. And also, thanks everyone who sent in letters. Uh, it's letters at eat-sleep-game.com. Sorry, we couldn't answer your rebel questions. And for people who gave us actual questions on Twitter, thank you as well. I'll have to clarify next time that I <laughs> am not talking about Star Wars. <laughs> I so rarely talk about Star Wars on my Twitter What's feed. funny is, like, they... They emailed it to the Rebel FM letters address, and they didn't make the connection. <laughs> yeah, that no, you meant the one thing and not the other. Well, it was just that, like even on Twitter, David Ballard, who's like a guy that used to work in various places in the industry, and he's like a friend of ours. Like even he wrote to me with a question about, "Do you think the Rebels should have been harsher on Saul Guerrero?" And I was like, "What? <laughs> Shit! I don't know." I I wonder if people were joking though. <laughs> Maybe I should have. Uh, I, I wish I could watch Rebels, but I don't have any way to watch it. Exactly, that's just it for me. So I do plan on watching it. Uh, my understanding of the way that show's wrapping up mm-hmm. is that that is like directly connected to the Force Awakens in some pretty deep ways. Awesome! So, I very much want to see it. Um, yeah, it's it, it is a and also it directly links up with the latest Thrawn books and stuff like that as well. Oh, cool! So, yeah, I, I don't have Disney XD, so I don't have any way to watch it. Me either. I, yeah. This is all me tertiary hearing from other right. people like did you know this character and i'm like oh fuck that character's from the thrawn book okay <laughs> nice so anyways thanks for listening everybody have a great weekend go play something you like and if you find somebody else that likes something that you don't like and you should just say okay and move on with your life unless it's like murder <laughs> i meant video i meant to be clear to be clear i meant video games in terms of video games we didn't talk about the ultra carbon teaser oh, oh. shit it's so good like fuck that there's an ultra record. carbon teaser yeah it's yeah, a netflix we'll show watch it after the oh fuck it premieres in february we've awesome. reco- i only bring it up because we've recommended that book series those books are so good so many times over so many years they're so good anyway and it would be such an easy thing to make terrible so true yeah it's been like in development hell through so many studios for so many it, it was optioned like as soon as it came out wow as a book and it's been in hell for like the last 11 years wow there you go Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a good weekend. Love Um, you all. Be good. Bye-bye.